Today on the program, you pathetic rebound fuck, now get your patchouli stink out of my store! It's High Fidelity. Welcome to the Rewatch Party. I am your host, Nick. Joining me today is the top five list of my breakups, Anthony. <laughs> it's not this sexy. He's all top five? The past. There's, there's not as much sexy in this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I guess I should have paid closer attention. There's a lot of sexiness, though. Yeah. I, could, I guess you could have just been the Catherine Zeta-Jones to my breakup list. I don't know. <laughs> just because she's pretty sexy. but She is pretty absolutely. sexy. Today we are talking about High Fidelity from the year 2000, directed by... Oh yeah, Manny's here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Manny just looks over at me like that, like that kid that's wearing his friggin' Spongebob pajamas and the memes. He's just like, sad face, kind of what the fuck. I, I have... So there's a... There's a group text going on, and every two fucking seconds, this goddamn text notification pops up. And between that and then we're trying to figure out why my intro sucked, and I just spaced. So I'm sorry. <laughs> the intro was fine. It was a solid intro. Just I'm sorry. Manny, Manny is here. <laughs> He's like, I'm here. I'm not hungover. I'm not broken. And you're going to fucking ignore me like that? That's, that's a dick move, Nick. Dick move. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. God, stop. Hey. Well, they're not going to hear this for another couple weeks, but stop fucking texting the group chats, people. Um, I'm not allowed. I can't. There's no choice to like drop out of group. So I'm just. Stuck oh no! I hate when yeah. it's like when some when I find myself on a group on a group chat, then I usually is very. I mean, it's not bad if it's like a couple people. Like we got yeah. a group chat going, but yeah, if it's a whole bunch of people, it's like twenty it's people, like, in all it, my and cousins, and, get and then they together. all have to be the more hilarious. So everybody has to respond to everything funny with their, their how funny they are. It's like, yeah, I'm trying come to back do, to like a hundred messages. God, just let it go. It must suck to have friends. It's really, it's really difficult. <laughs> I have seen my name a few times in these, so I'm gonna have to go back and read what the fuck they're, they're all talking shit. Like Nick never responds to these messages. Let's just keep talking. <laughs> Did Nick know it was us? He sent that dick pic to last night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, embarrassing. Um. Anyway, today we we're talking about High Fidelity from the year 2000, directed by Stephen Frears. He uh, did Hero, that movie where there was a plane wreck and Dustin Hoffman saves Gina Davis, but Andy Garcia takes all the credit because he's hotter. Never seen it. I remember I watching seen it either. I do I, like Gina Davis though. I remember watching that. I think my dad rented it once. And uh, yeah, the plane wreck and Dustin Hoffman's like this grizzled old angry guy and he like pulls her out of the wreckage and she's like oh my god you saved me and he's like yeah whatever just leaves like he leaves the scene doesn't stick around for anything and so when they wanted to find out who the hero was Andy Garcia steps up and pretends to be the hero and gets all this praise and he's attractive so he's on all the covers of the magazines and blah 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 and then they damn Andy Garcia (sighs) good looking but what a shyster yeah and then something about the shoes, like they found the pair of shoes in the wreckage and they, I don't remember how, there was a Cinderella thing with the shoe not fitting and they found out it was Dustin Hoffman. They're like, uh, oh, you got to put him on magazines? The shoes mm-hmm. kind of remind me of the fly. Oh God, the fly. I mean, <laughs> oh, thanks for saving me. Got to watch Wapner. Got to watch Wapner. Got to watch Wapner. Man, speaking of the fly, so my sister called me 
Uh, I was driving back from my friend's bachelor party at uh, <clears throat> yeah Labor Day weekend. Yeah, and uh, she calls. She uh, in in Kansas City apparently they have a recycling program where they you just set the whole bin out. They pick up the bin, they drop you off a new bin, or at least an Olathe or something. So oh, the recycling thing. Yeah. So they just instead of like ours, we set the bin out and they dump it. And yeah. leave the bin, but I guess they swap out bins. God, that seems like you'd have to have a tremendously large vehicle to go around with collecting all these bins. 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 I, yeah. Apparently, or some somehow there's a bin swap out thing. Mm. But she went to put something in the or a compost or one of the things. Went to put something in it, and when she opened it, there were all these maggots. Ah. and I'm like, oh, so they didn't clean the bin out properly before they dropped it off or whatever. So she has to like deal with these maggots all over her floor and all this stuff. I was like, well, I guess now you need to watch the fly. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. Has she never seen the fly? She had never seen the fly. And her, oh, her and Josh had like watched Shudder a lot and were into kind of creepy movies and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, flies right up your alley, you know? And then we were talking about how every time a fly lands on something, it immediately vomits. So if a fly's ever been on your food, you're eating fly vomit and stuff and all that. And I was like, yeah, go watch the fly tonight. And she like kept sending me messages of like, okay, you're fucking scarring me for life. Oh my God, this is disgusting. Oh my God, what the fuck is this now? Oh shit. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> fly trauma. Anyway, none of that has to do with Stephen Freer's directed hero about saving people's lives, not the fly. He also did The Queen, where I think uh, Helen Mirren played Queen Elizabeth. I uh, haven't seen that one either. And then he did yep. like 80 other movies that I have never fucking heard of. So this guy's directed a lot, but nothing... Uh, nothing nothing notable. Uh, it's based on a book by Nick Hornby. By the same name. The book is also called High Fidelity. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, is Nick Hornby? What do you mean? Um... Uh, the screenplay was written by a whole bunch of people, one of which was John Cusack. He helped write the screenplay. One of, apparently, a team. Um, so anyway, the movie opens with You're Gonna Miss Me by Austin local band 13th Floor Elevators. I don't know they're local. Or, I mean, they were Austin local, but in like the 1960s. So it's not like you can go catch the 13th Floor Elevators anymore. No, was it? Yeah, they, they're mentioned in that song uh, by, uh, uh, what's his face, too? You know what's his face? Ray Wiley Hubbard. There we go. That would make sense. He they seem like something he would be into. Yeah. Um so it's on a record that we see spinning and then we pan and see John Cusack sitting there with his with his headphones on listening. So that means that this song is diegetic. Remember when we learned that term on Big Lebowski? When music is diegetic? No. <laughs> <laughs> diegetic means that it's not on the soundtrack. It's actually in the movie. Like the characters are listening to it. So like oh, right, oh, right, every right, single right, song yeah. in Big Lebowski ends up being diegetic somehow. It'll like so everybody's there. It, it, it always yeah. ends up being on the radio or being something that the characters actually listening to. Yeah. So this is oh, uh-huh. this educational tip. Edu- so this is where uh, John Cusack is Rob. His character is Rob or sometimes people call him Bob. I guess that you can. Robert can be shortened to both of those, but he's all mopey and he looks at us a whole lot of this movie because it is 2000, but it's very much a nineties carryover. So it's all about them talking to us, the viewer about relationship depression. Um, and he says, what comes first, the music or the misery? Am I sad because I listen to pop music or do I listen to pop music because I'm sad? It's the vicious cycle. Um, and then was it everybody worries about violence on TV and video games and all this, but nobody worries about kids listening to thousands upon thousands of songs about heartache and rejection. I was like, okay, that 
Okay, let's let's dial that back a little bit, John Cusack. Like, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, seems a little. It seemed a little. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I yeah, maybe. Maybe it's because we're surrounded by music all the time. So I'm not saying that it doesn't have a profound effect on me, but like I'm not a bus driver because of the wheels on the bus. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that my chemical romance still has fans. They haven't all committed suicide due to emo <laughs> or whatever. Like, I listen to a whole lot of Tom Waits, and I've never burnt down a barn or whatever that music makes you need to do. Tom Waits is just know. creepy. Just I don't know, it's weird shit. But <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's that's. I mean, I listen to a lot of uh, listen to a lot of soul music about making love, and I love making love. I do Maybe love making why. love. I don't listen to soul when I make love though. Oh yeah, you gotta put some seventy soul on when you're making. Oh, it. sound of silence. <laughs> once your kids get older, or once you have kids and they get older, then it's just whatever's loud, so that they don't yeah. hear what the hell's going on. <laughs> oh, no, it's a hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, I dated this girl in college. She'd Creepy. come into the room, turn the light off. I had a, one of those strobe lights. She'd turn that strobe light on and then put like freaking like uh, white zombie on and shit like that, <laughs> and like it'd be strobing, and I'd be like, God, I don't know if I'm gonna have an orgasm or a seizure. Like, I don't know what's going on in here right but that's now. A, that's, a, that's a whole show. And then, right before I went into epileptic seizure, I came. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and then had the seizure anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole production right there. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get over to the Sound of Silence thing. Um, what was, it was the show's shameless, uh, Joan Cusack, actually, in this movie, coincidentally. But her character started dating this young guy who had to have Seal's kiss from a rose on every time. So, like, her daughter would be downstairs, and all of a sudden she hears kiss from a rose upstairs. She's like, God damn it again. <laughs> like, what a weird song to have on for sex. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, he's moping, you know, music. Am I sad because of pop music or pop music because I'm sad? No. And in walks... I can only make love to Roger Miller songs. <laughs> Hang me. Dang me. Dang me. Dang me. Steve Miller Oh, God. It's me going every time. We all know the best song to set the mood. And oh, the good. it's got the right beat for the thrusting and everything. Oompa. Oompa. Uh, I've got another rhythm for you. <clears throat> Consistent. I like yeah, it. I like I it. Feel like, I feel like if I had enough time for this, I could make up a whole Oompa oh, Loompa yeah. song about making love. Like, <laughs> that's going to be a goal for me. <laughs> oh, man. So in walks Laura, played by, I don't even know how to say this poor actor's I've name. I've been Hijiju. No, they're they're hate. Hey. They pronounce like Naga. Not, not, <laughs> not work here. It's the, I think it looks like Haley. I heard you say her last name's Haley. H J E J E L E. Mm-hmm. Haley. Haley. Yeah, I think so. So Laura. Anyway, they just broke up. Uh, he wants her to stay. He's like, "Come on, just 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 stay, just stay." No, I can't. Well, just just stay tonight. Just stay the night. You know, we can worry about it tomorrow. She's like, look, we've already done the hard part. It's probably best if I just go. So she walks out. He slams the door behind her and keeps talking to us. And I love his apartment. It's just huge. He's got like the fucking giant bookshelves. Every every wall has a big bookshelf on it. And every bookshelf is completely stuffed with vinyl. It's awesome. This dude has a whole fucking record store in his house. In his house. And that's On awesome. top of the one yeah, that, he that, owns. He owns. that he owns. Yeah. Um. 
it's awesome. Uh, so now we get the first of many lists because this is, is his thing is top five lists all the time. So his top five breakups in chronological order. Allison Ashmore, Penny Hardwick, Jackie Alden, Charlie Nicholson, and Sarah Kendrew. Can you see your name on that list, Laura? And he like opens the window and yells down because she's like finally out of the apartment building getting in her car. He's like, if he really wanted to fuck me up, it should have got to me sooner. It's like, okay, psycho, whatever. <laughs> so let's talk about these. And he takes us through because, you know, he's addressing us. Um, he's breaking the fourth wall the whole the movie. Whole movie the yeah. whole time, so yeah. we start with Allison. His first, first one, Allison Ashmore. All the way back in junior high. She comes up and like taps him on the shoulder and they go and make out on the bleachers for a while. It's like we dated for six hours total in between the end of school and when... Sixty like two hours a day for two, three, for three days, days or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's a long. That's a lot of making out. Two yeah. hours. Two hours making of making out. out. Yeah. Uh, but then the fourth day, uh, oh yeah, R- young Rob is played by Drake Bell from Nickelodeon's Josh and Drake, and then some other things. I think he's like a pop. Well, he's or was it Disney Channel's jo- Josh and Drake? Because every Disney kid has to also be a musician. So I, oh know. yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, no, apparently Drake Disney. Bell is like a actor slash pop singer thing anyway so this kid playing young junior high jaw or rob grew up to be something uh the girl never did anything else her imdb doesn't even have a picture it's literally she had this two minute flashback scene in high fidelity and that's it um so they yeah making out until the fourth day he comes over and she's making out with somebody else he's like well after that girls became less cruel you know uh they matured, whatever. Uh, but there's an element of that in everything that's ever happened since. Like that's there's always part of that first breakup in everything. <clears throat> next, next major breakup comes with Penny. Penny was in college, uh, or no, high school. It was in high school. Uh, Joel Carter, and uh, they're making out all the time again. He's just making out, and he keeps trying to get handsy. God, I just just her breasts. I want to touch her breasts. I just need to grab her breasts all the time. But she'd never let me grab her breast, so I decided, screw it, I'm going to try to go between her legs. But that obviously didn't <laughs> But didn't I forget what well. he compared it to in the yeah. movie or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, going after something, yeah. Anyway, it was a good... It was a good uh, yeah, I couldn't get one, so I went for like 50000 yeah. or some comparison of like that. So she gets mad, and so he like drops her off at her front door and then walks away, and she's like... Rob, what? Tries what, to kiss him, what, and then he's like, "Yeah," and he's just like, never Fuck goes you, and walks off all angry. And then after that, in science class, he's talking to this other guy. He's like, uh, "Man, I had sex with her after like the third date." And he's like, "What? What the? What the fuck?" So now he's super pissed off. Uh, current day, he owns a store called Championship Vinyl in a bad area of Chicago. Like, there are no, no window shoppers in this area. Nobody goes walking around shopping in this area. He's making it by completely because he has a bunch of specialty items, and people, like, have to seek him out because they want first printing. Not re-release, but first printing of, like, Frank Zappa and all these other groups. And <clears throat> that's the only way he can uh, stay afloat. He's got his two... Yeah, he doesn't seem to be trying real hard at it. <laughs> no, no, no. And his employees do not help either one. Uh, two employees. Dick is played by Todd Luiso, and Barry is played by Jack Black. Who? Uh, so Dick and and Rob are listening to Bell and Sebastian, 
Hang on. We got a faulty mic stand. <laughs> My mic keeps moving across. <laughs> it's like, I'm that, like moving yeah. with it, and I don't know if I'm going the right way with this. No. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. This is this is super great radio. I... <laughs> There, I can at least mute or die right down a bit. Um, all right, so Dick puts on the new Bell and Sebastian. And, uh, you know. And we're back. <laughs> and Rob's like, oh, I kind of like it. That's great. And then when Barry comes in, he's like, what the fuck is this old man shit? And he takes it out and like throws it. He goes, this is yours, I presume, and throws it to Dick and puts on uh, Walking on Sunshine by, uh, oh, oh, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But very, very loud. You know, cranks it as much as he can, walking on sunshine. And it's like, oh my God, that fucking hurts. And John Cusack turns it off. And it's like, I made this for you. It's special Monday mix. You know, I figured then we could talk about the top five albums to listen to on Monday mornings. And we could make a list out of them. We could do all this. And I did it just for you. And oh my God, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Ah! He's very Jack Black. Just, I mean, this whole thing is just Jack Black all over. Yeah. Jack Black does a thing. And he does it so well. Yeah. Like, like. Like I've made I'm like I hope he never changes. Like and so far he has <laughs> yeah, not. not. Other than his beard is bigger and grayer. Other than yeah, that, there's. I think no... he's gotten bigger. I, I think, think he's he also got. Yeah, bigger. he's gotten bigger. Like a but... lot of rock stars are like, all right, I'm gonna lose weight, get in shape, do this. He's nope. like, nope, I'm leaning into it. He yep. seems to be in tremendous shape though. Like oh, he's yeah. doing flips and running around. And yeah, shit. he's still out there doing all the jumps and kicks and all the crazy Jack Black stuff, even though he's like in his fifties and very overweight. But doesn't matter. He's still like. John Belushi, fat guy, agiling it up all over. Oh, yeah. There was this guy that I used to work with. He was like, we called him the Kung Fu Panda because he was <laughs> huge. He was a huge guy and had a huge belly. And like, he kind of, he kind of was like Jack Black, but he was like a black belt. Like, he, he could like kick the ceiling and shit. Like, like ridiculous. Crazy. Well, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Took Kung Fu Panda. Being yeah. agile, man. All right. Uh, so then, now after he's had his fight about Monday morning mixes, we move on to number three. Number three was Charlie, which is Catherine Zeta-Jones. She was exotic. She talked about interesting things. She liked me. She liked me. She liked me, and I, I was never comfortable with it. I, I always felt like she had more interesting friends. She knew more about interesting things than I did. Like I, I, I was definitely not cool enough. I wasn't hip enough. I couldn't keep up with her. I definitely worried about my, or I felt inadequate as a lover, and I was just so sure she was going to leave me for one of the people in her crafts class that he became convinced yeah that she ended up leaving me for one of the people in her crafts class so then he's standing outside in the rain yelling up at her window and then she comes like to the window with a sheet wrapped around her and then this big muscular dude comes up behind her and looks like come on come on come on, come on. <laughs> let's get back to doing it yeah so she left him for marco yeah super buff ass marco and like it would have been great if you weren't you know so self-loathing and I, you, he definitely was fulfill, self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, he was so worried that he was inadequate and was going to lose her that he pretty much pushed her away. So she, <clears throat> Catherine Zeta-Jones had been in a few movies by this time. Yeah, this so was she this, was already out. Entrapment. Entrapment's already come out. Uh, so already had the, the laser Zorro booty. Was already out. Yeah, Chicago. laser booty. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. No, I guess this is came out after. I was thinking this was one of the earlier ones, but no, she'd been Chicago already. So we had we had laser booty. <sighs> Is there any point she to that was 30, movie besides she, that? I don't. That's the only part I remember. You can't. If I you haven't ask seen me it. But to name one other person in that movie or anything else that happened. I think Sean Connery's in it. Oh well, that's news to me. The whole point of the movie is, you know, the the scene where you have to get to like the 
the precious artifact, and there's like the laser security things, and she's what, like, "What movie is this?" Entrapment. I have not seen. And it. she's trying to get through all the lasers, and at one point, she like is down on the ground and like slowly slides under one, so her butts popped up in the air in these super tight pants, and the camera just oh. like. Yeah, goes course, right yeah. up her colon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So you oh even god. know the scene without I knowing the movie. Um, mm. <clears throat> All right. Fast yeah, forwarding no. to the good parts. Oh, yeah, there it is. So anyway, oh yeah, they're watching the laser booty. <laughs> come on, come on, thing. Come yeah, on, we'll, thing. We'll get it. That thumbnail was all I needed. Though. Thirty-one in this movie. Would you by please the way. not touch your pants when you scream? Come on, thing. That wasn't my pants. I was touching. It was through my pants. Thirty-one, huh? Man, what am I doing with my life? Man, not Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> no, apparently Michael not. Douglas got that on lockdown, locked jaw, and lockdown. Um, Michael Douglas of all people, man. yeah. I kind of like that I one guy. What's that dude? I, Franco kid, Daniel Franco, David Franco, David. God, you really got it out for that kid. All right. So anyway, he was so upset about Charlie that he flunked out of school, started working at this record shop. I, the one I think that he owns now. Yeah. Um, he says, some people never get over Nam. I never got over Charlie. And I wondered if that comparison was intentional, you know, because Nam, Charlie. That's what we called the enemy in the Vietnam. Enemy in Vietnam. Vietnam. Over Charlie, yeah. so. Oh, maybe. I didn't even catch that. Good catch. Also, the reason why they called it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is that right? Because the book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But because when the movie was released, Charlie had negative connotations in American uh you know, populist. So they called it Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. The chocolate factory. Well, they didn't want to think about the Viet Cong just defecating all over them. So Charlie and the Chocolate Factory seemed like a bad idea. Maybe the new one though was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, the Johnny Depp one. Yeah, yeah, but that's just forgettable. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, listeners, don't. No, watch, go, go watch, watch it. Willy Wonka instead. Far superior. Willy, I mean, that one was creepy as hell. Yeah, well, so was the new one because that fucking Johnny Depp face he was putting on. That's just that's like just how he plays. Oh God, it was weird. It sucked. Anyway, so Laura calls the store. She's like, "I want to go by the house and get some stuff." That's all right. It's like, "Oh yeah, you want to go there while I'm at work?" She's like, well, "Yes, actually, oh boy, that's exactly that's it." And so he just hangs up on her. <clears throat> oh boy, that's what that's all. That's what you have to say. Oh, oh boy. boy, yeah. Um, guy comes in to buy, I just called to say I love you. He wants to get it for his daughter. And Jack Black's like, no, because that's melodramatic poppy bullshit. Do we look like the place that would say that would sell melodramatic poppy bullshit? Go to the mall. And like goes off on this guy's like, oh, is it pick on middle-aged white guy day over here or something? What's this all about? Yeah, old white squares. He's got yeah, squares. 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 like that. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> he like knows who he is, is, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So he fucking runs the guy off and, and. Rob comes down. I was like, that that guy wanted to buy something. Like, I don't know if you want to have business here, but we need business. And running off the few people that come in to give us business is probably not a great way to stay in business. Like, he's just asking for something we don't even fucking carry. So what? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> um. So then he's making fun of his shirt because he's got a Cosby sweater. He's making fun of his Cosby sweater. He's like, does Laura let you leave the house like that? And so Rob like leaps over the counter and fucking attacks him because nobody knows that he got dumped. Yeah, you know. No. It also he doesn't ever like just walk around behind the no, counter. No, he like, likes every leaping. time he jumps over yeah. the counter. He leaps over and jumps over all the time. All yeah. the time yeah. in the movie. So he kind of wrestles with Jack Black a bit. He gets mad and uh storms off. And so now <clears throat> he goes and sulks back in his office and he's like, Okay, on to number four, Sarah. Well before that he's like, I can't fire them. 
Oh yeah, I invite or I hired them to work part time three days a week, and they just keep showing up not every, was, day. every day, every day, and that was four years ago. <laughs> so that makes me wonder, like, does he just pay them for three days? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so number four is Sarah, played by Lily Taylor, who also just got out of a bad relationship. So they were both like recent dumped. And like, hey, I would just need to stay away from people. Hey, yeah, we shouldn't get close to right. anybody at all. And they start making out. And Misery banging. likes company. Yeah. Or loves company. So they were, what does he said? His partner in rejection. You know, they were each other's rebounds. And they were hooking up until she meets someone else. And she, I mean, she comes up and tells him that she met somebody else. She was upfront about it. Because they were both, it seemed like that relationship was very transparent for what it was. Yeah. We just need. Yeah, he just caught feelings in it, apparently. Yeah. Kind of yeah. hook up with someone to get through the pain of being dumped. And that's what it was for both of them until she actually found someone she wanted to be with. And he was like, oh, I kind of thought we were a thing, even though we were saying we weren't a thing. But I never told you I felt like we were a thing, so I really can't be mad at you about it. But I'm a fucking shallow, self-delusional narcissist. So uh, I'm going to play the victim here. But oh. he doesn't get, to, doesn't get to that. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Realization there. Yeah. So... Um, now he's uh, reorganizing his records. He's pulling all the records down off all of the shelves. And uh, I, it's it's an impressive feat to see them all stacked around and everything. So, But Dick stops by. He's like, hey, Barry and I are going to go to this bar to watch this Maria DeSalle lady. Uh, you should come out. We, we think you need to come out, you know. Because now they, he had told Dick, hey, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Laura dumped me. If you see Barry, tell him. And that's what that whole thing was about. I'm sorry I snapped. I just, you know, recent breakups. So they're like, okay, well, you need to come out with this. Wait a minute. Well, you look like you're busy. What's going on here? You're reorganizing? Yeah, I'm reorganizing. Okay, but this isn't... Doesn't look alphabetical. This isn't alphabetical. Nope. And well, it's definitely not chronological. Nope. So what do you do? Autobiographical. Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he, that was, he was like... Oh, oh my God, oh, man. <laughs> and like, you could tell he was like impressed, like, and excited, like wanted to stand. Yeah. Out. He was like, yeah, maybe, he's like, maybe I don't oh. want to go to the show. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he does that one point. So like, I mean, it does look like a lot of work. I can't. Yeah, he goes, this looks like it could be comforting. Yes, it is. See, if I want to hear the song Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, I have to remember that I bought it for someone in 1985 and then kept it for selfish reasons. And he goes in this stack. I'm just like, <laughs> that's just way too much work um so then dick leaves and he's hanging out at home and his mom calls and she's like oh i'm so sorry to hear about you and laura oh my god um but i knew it i knew this Thank, was gonna thanks, happen thanks mom yeah. i just knew it and she's like crying and screaming and upset like his mom is more upset about laura leaving at no point she's like how are you son of mine how are you feeling yeah. it's just like, well to be it. fair she it. called him yeah probably because she was concerned no she called she called him to ask about laura and that's when he said we broke up oh that's right that's right that's right so but well, he does sure he does have family a... would react the same way if, if mel and i ever split they'd probably be like hey anthony how's it going how's mother i'm like oh she left like all right, well, I'll talk to you later. And then they'd probably instantly call Mel and they'd be like, hey, you're welcome at the house. Come on yeah. by. Come on by. <laughs> he does have a good response here that I like when his when his mom's like, well, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. I'm going to watch TV and go to bed. Then I'm going to go to work. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to do. It's good to have a plan. It's a fucking no, solid you know what, plan, Mom, man. Eventually I'm going to meet someone to get married and have kids and all that shit. But you know what? Right now, have a bottle of wine. Yeah, watch TV and go to bed. Um, and she just keeps screaming. I knew it. I knew this. Good. This is just what you always do. This is it. So he like fucking 
like I think he just hollers or I might scream fuck or something and then hangs and up then on hangs his own up, mother. Which what was I, I miss that from actually having phones like that. Where you, where you can, can actually just hang, slam actually them. Hang up or like phone. the flip phones too. You can just slam like, the fuck the out of them. Where you actually have that little like hollow part between where you picked them up and carried oh, yeah. them around oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That The reason that that icon on your phone is shaped like that. The the green button that you swipe oh, to answer that has that little shape on it. That's what phones used to look like. It's like when you save something now, you hit a disc and the yeah. kids today have never used it. You just hit that there. square. That <laughs> yeah. means save for some reason. Yeah. Oh, stupid ass kids. It's crazy, dude. I've seen things where they, they compare like, okay, so if you were, were to pick up a phone call, like fake call someone, how would you do it? A lot of kids nowadays are doing this instead of this. And that's insane. I know that this okay. is not a just visual so, medium. Just so you guys know, he put his hand flat to his face and said the kids do this. And then he did the and, But about every and listener, you know, I would say without even saying thumb and pinky, most of our yeah, listeners would know exactly would know, what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, so he's so mad at his mom that he decides, fuck it, I'm going to go out. And that's what it took to get him to go out. And he's walking up to the club, and like he stops and looks at the door guy, who doesn't even try to check his ID. He's like, yeah, you're old as fuck. But well, he, he doesn't just, even look that old, though. No, I mean, it's 2000s. John Cusack. Yeah, he's not that old. Um, and John Cusack still, I think he's kind of a Keanu Reeves, almost per, perma baby face. He's not quite Paul Rudd levels, but... I haven't seen anything with him here in the last few years. I've, I mean, I guess he's still making movies. Yeah, he is. Not. He does look a little older, he, he, but finally, it's not. but not. He doesn't look like he's twenty-two years older than you know. Um, but anyway, he stops and he's like, "Is that Peter fucking Frampton?" And the door guy's like, just shrugs. Like, I, dude, I don't know. I just fucking work here. <laughs> I thought he said yeah or something. Like, yeah, I maybe nodded. nodded yeah. Or just like, I, but he like hardly even looked over at him. He's like, dude, I'm I'm the door guy. I don't fucking. I sit out on the sidewalk. I'm not even in the club. Like, don't I don't fucking care. <laughs> So he goes in anyway. He's just so disgusted. Like, Peter fucking Frampton. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yes, this isn't a great Peter Frampton song. But Peter Frampton fucking rules. You listen to Frampton Comes Alive and tell me that man's not a bad motherfucker. No one's going to argue with you here. That's right. John Cusack, I'll fight you over this. I'll, I'll get into a record store argument with you over this. <laughs> now, baby, I love your way. All right, pretty lame song. I will give you that. Ooh, baby. But do you feel like we do? Fucking rules. He also wrote all the music for uh, the Stillwater Band and Almost Famous, like Fever Dog. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's oh. Peter Frampton's. I yeah. didn't know that. Peter Frampton's a bad movie. Almost Famous is a badass bad movie. Bad I know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so up on stage is Lisa Bonet, which I think is kind of funny because she actually was on the Cosby Show, and just a bit ago, Jack Black was talking about the Cosby sweater. The Cosby. So she played uh, <sighs> Vanessa Huxtable. Yes. God, I was just watching the episodes of uh, Community where uh, the guy that played Theo was yeah, wearing hey, Cosby sweater. Cosby sweater. <laughs> As uh, Shirley's ex-husband. Yeah. Dude, yeah. those are cool sweaters, man. And he has showed up. And it co- I think he has a line about, yeah, thanks, my dad gave it to me. Like, he has a line <laughs> about his Cosby sweater. Man, that show. Mm, 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 mm. It's got a lot of smart humor yes. in it. A lot of little uh, and a uh, lot of references, a lot of pop references, a lot of part of yeah, but but they're not just like super blatant about it all the time. Anyway, um, apparently Yvette Nicole Brown that plays Shirley was so attracted to Malcolm Jamal Warner that who that's who played so. the yeah, Mon- so. but I mean grew up having a crush on him because of the show and everything. So every time she had to do a scene with him, she would always say green grass, green grass would like to keep herself <laughs> to control her loins. And this is according to her. If you watch it with, like, see commentary and stuff about it, she would have to be like, green grass, green grass, green grass, green grass, green grass. <laughs> okay, we can film now. Okay. <laughs> you got to do something to keep yourself in check so you don't, like, just 
just leap someone's bones when you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be filming yeah, a scene. Yeah, she's like that, and he's like, please leap my bones. I need a job. I need a job so <laughs> bad. <laughs> I'm so broke. Yeah. Um, I stole this from the Cosby side. I stole, <laughs> I stole this. I live in his sweater. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, all, all the three guys, uh, Barry, Dick, and Rob, are just standing there like drooling because it's goddamn Lisa Bonet up there singing. Um, and... After they get after she gets done, they're over there like buy a CD. They're like, I always hated this song. Yeah, I kind of like it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they put, without without moving their heads from yeah. this stage. <laughs> yeah, and there was it. Dick says she could do. She should do a version of the number four with a smile. And Jack Black's like, you mean number four with a smile? That's what I said. No, you said the number four with a smile. There's no the. <laughs> well, it's referring to like an order at a Chinese restaurant. So. I assume there's a the, but I could be wrong. Yeah, could be, and you are. Like, they're arguing over the semantics of the word the in a song title. It's like, you really are a music snob. Like, I have been accused of, and at times even felt like, a music snob. But this is absurd. These guys are a new level. Honestly, I I can't retain enough information to be a music snob. <laughs> you just like, oh yeah, bass, woo, woo. Yeah, well, no, or most times it's like, nah, I don't know that song, plays. Oh, I fucking love that song. It's a yeah. song I was just talking about. Oh, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah it's a great okay. song. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time. So anyway, um, Jack Black's like, you got to come by our stores. And him and Dick are just like, come to the store. It's called Championship Isles over here. On this. And we're, John Cusack's like, God, guys, fucking, you're embarrassing me. Like, calm it down. And Jack's like, oh, telling someone about our place of business. Sorry, I didn't realize it'd be such a bad fucking idea. Like, I just thought it was that... a bad day, not a business plan. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... You were the one that literally runs people out of the store regularly. Now you're concerned about customers, you piece of shit. Um, but he immediately gets home and puts her CD on. All right. Next morning, Laura comes in and is surprised to find him home. Didn't expect, um, didn't expect him to be home. That's why she was trying to come by when he wasn't there to get her stuff. Right. And uh, she's like, "You always need to make yourself happy. That you're never happy." Uh, you're the same person. I'm not. I've changed. Like you see, when they first started dating, you know, she had like crazy hair, and now she's grown up. She has a job at a law firm, and you know, is wearing like kind of more business attire, and she's turning into a professional adult. And he's still like, I don't know, wishing he was in his early twenties working at a record stop, a record shop, owning, longing for the well, glory. he's owning it now, longing but for the glory days that he never had. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, there you go. And she's like, I'm trying to grow up and move on, and you don't even talk about the future or think about anything. You know, like that's why we're not working here. Um, you don't allow for anything to happen to yourself because you're so goddamn down on yourself. So now we back in the store. They're doing more lists. Uh, there's a customer in the store. Lewis. Lewis is played by Alex Dessert. Who I only know is the roster-looking guy from PCU. You saw PCU, that Jeremy Piven movie about college. He's he's one of the one of the guys in that fraternity. Um, but yeah, they're talking about like best opening songs that are the same as the album title or something like super specific. And uh, uh, John Cusack says something. That's almost too mainstream and Jack Black's like, why don't you just fucking go with the Beatles then? In that case, like, Jesus, fucking sell out. God damn. That's that is unnecessarily snobby. And a guy comes in, this super shady looking guy that looks like he probably opens his trench coat and exposes himself to people on the street. <laughs> this dude looks shady. He's like, Do you have that 
that French pressing of that Captain Beefheart album. I didn't think he looked. I didn't think he looked. Oh, his shady. hair's all stringy and uh, creepy. Definitely looks like a. He looked, he's a shut-in type guy. Yeah, he was. That dude doesn't. That dude needs to touch more grass. That guy that came in it needs to touch more grass. Yeah, it needs to get out more. Oh. Go I, go I, touch go I, touch. I, I, when you said it, I kind of understood what you meant. I just hadn't heard it phrased. I was like, he needs to get high. No, maybe that too. Go touch grass. No, he probably does that too. It's though, but. Chicago, so it'd be touch pavement. All right, they don't have any greenery. They got parks. It, unless you go down to the park on Lakeshore Drive, where you get the uh, fountain from the opening of Married with Children. I've been. There oh, that's times. that fountain, huh? Yeah. yeah. Married with Children is based in Chicago. Yeah. yeah I have no idea. Well, it's right. a great show. Yes, it is. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> probably didn't age well, but it's no, great show. I have not no. tried to. I, have I not haven't tried, tried to, to rewatch it, it, but yeah. you know, it did age well. Christina Applegate. <laughs> yes. mm, well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give me a minute. <laughs> so for this next part, I am trying to pull up something and it's not loading. So I'll try to just talk about it. Yeah, the old Wi-Fi has been a little slow in here today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably because all you assholes are mooching on it. No. <laughs> um, so anyway, he comes, pervert guy comes in and he wants this this rare version of a Captain Beefheart the, album. It's uh, the French release. This French release. And Jack's like, oh, yeah, I have it right here. And like pulls it up. He has it behind the counter, you know. Um, and of course, if the IMDb trivia section is to be believed, which if you can't believe the IMDb trivia page, what can you believe? But they say that um, the French pressing of this album is a super rare find, but it has a different cover. And you can tell by the cover of this, it's the standard fish head album cover. So they just got a regular pressing of it as a prop for the movie. And I was like... Oh my God! <laughs> no, nobody cares. That what? That's what I was about to talk about. <laughs> Fucking shit. Your album covers? Yes, I was pulling up my discog so I can actually show you the actual release, the French one or the regular, <laughs> the one? French one and the regular one. Oh, and what's the difference between the two? Um, well, the IMDb says that the uh, the French one they're on the beach, and I was like, okay, I haven't actually seen that, and I was gonna look that up last night, but I fell asleep. Uh, so I was gonna look it up now. But they do, they do have different covers, like especially Japanese releases. Japanese releases sure. have different covers. Um, but I did see it. I mean, it's it's one of the most recognizable covers, I think. It's and Safe what's as Milk. The, the name of the album? Do you have that on your Safest Milk? Safe as Milk. Yeah. It's um, it's arguably the best Beefheart album. Uh, I know Trout Trout Mask Replica. Replica. Uh, I don't know a whole lot. I just know that. Uh, you know, he has Horizon of Blue Million Miles from Big Lebowski, and it's an excellent song. Okay, so there's them with like a fisheye lens looking through a fence. Is that the one you're talking about? That's the, yeah, that's that's the fisheye one. That's the one that's okay. So then with the white album. Then the rare one, I don't know about the rare one. It's supposed to be them on a beach? Yeah, it's supposed oh, yeah, to be right there. there. Yeah. The whole band set up on the beach. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So we found the covers, but I don't see any pricing on it. Anyway, so they didn't have the right prop. Well, still, 40 bucks for that Safest Milk is, even for just the, the, regular, regular, the regular release, man, that's uh, fucking take my money. Yeah. It's a 2004 really money, though. Huh? That's 2004 money. 2000 that, that is like, 2004 like money. That's like $4 million today money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe like 80 I didn't register such a Beefheart head. I just really like that album. All right, cool. I, I mean, Beefheart's I, cool, but that album in particular is really I can good. Count, it depends. Some of Captain Beefheart is just like noise 
and I don't. Well, just like I like Zappa, but there's some yeah, Zappa. That's he can just be a lot. Of, he can be kind of like Zappa, where it's always it's sometimes like. Mm. Eh, I don't know. But then there's some really cool shit. <clears throat> anyway, so he tells uh, the Flasher. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to sell it this week. Like, oh, that's what you said last week. Oh, really? Oh man, that sucks. So the guy leaves, and Lewis, you know, the other he, he the, was the, another the friend, customer. Yeah. The other customer is kind of like in on in with the gang. Like he knows him at least. It's like, hey, I'll buy it for forty bucks. Cool, sold. Well, wait a minute. Why would you sell it to me for forty bucks, and you won't sell it to that guy? Well, you're not a fucking nerd, dude. <laughs> It's like you guys. I think he's, he actually calls them like, "Wow, you are snobs." You are yeah. snobs. No, we're not. You think that you have like this? What you have this elite class over everybody you feel is worth less than you? No, which is everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, like when they're in there, I think there's this was when they're talking about about the whatever her name was that was singing that stopped by or whatever. But they were like talking about, oh god, I'd love to be like mentioned in someone's liner notes oh, yeah. or whatever as a note, like. Oh, or like, or like live with a musician. It's like, yeah, and they're like doing this whole fantasy thing, like, yeah, like kind of in the background or something, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's like, man, I miss liner notes. That's one of the worst parts about everything moving to purely digital is like the excitement you get, like cassettes, a, a record, or, or even CD. a CD, yeah. like unfolding it and seeing pictures and lyrics. Like and the stuff art, in the yeah. art, because that was an art form in itself, because it helped yeah. give a visual medium to the music. And so, like, getting looking at this as you listen to the album like it just is a more immersive experience yeah, yeah. It was, well they were it was, called albums for a reason like, yeah. if you would buy an album and like they, like it didn't have any notes it was just yeah. like the cover piece or whatever and then maybe a list of songs like oh, mailed it in you know what the yeah. hell put yeah. some shit in there but when there's a big thick one with all kinds of stuff that was exciting oh yeah you it is cool. read all about the shit yeah which is why I like collecting vinyl now because it's the it's a completely different listening experience getting it and sitting down and opening and looking at it and reading out their notes, like the notes, sometimes they put notes for the songs, or sometimes they just put the lyrics in there, and that's freaking yeah. awesome. Which wasn't really a thing for, for a long time, but yeah. I, 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 I preferred physical mediums Yeah, for that reason. Um, And then now, yeah, because now I collect DVDs and... You, Lucky if there's anything in there, you just nah. <laughs> but all the extras, but they come with an extra disc. A lot yeah, of times, or like yeah, yeah. special features. You so other, there are other things you can get on there. But so now uh, Rob calls Liz Joan Cusack. Um, not his. I mean, his sister in life. Years old. <laughs> not his sister in the movie. Um, to talk about Laura and you know the breakup. She's like, well, I don't have. I'm I'm impartial. I'm friends with both of you. I have not picked sides yet uh but i really liked you two together i'm so sorry to hear about this and i never liked this ian guy and he's like what? i'm not sure about this ian guy what? it's like a slight pause and then immediately jack black comes in and says like, oh my god maria DeSalle's here what yeah, she's at is. what she's in the but, store I, I gotta go i gotta go and he hangs up and he's like maybe we shouldn't have her album on yeah i was thinking the same thing then why the fuck didn't you stop it dude that's embarrassing <laughs> she comes in and we're listening to him so he even goes up to her he's like i'm so sorry you're probably sick of these songs you hear them all the time she goes actually you should <laughs> try to be cool about turn it. it up you know he's like how can try to sell these by the way yeah <laughs> right yeah, you should sell it you know I, she's being cool and he's like yeah, I'll, 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 I'll i'll turn i'll turn it up right after i, I mean i got i gotta do one more thing with the other thing but I'll, yeah i'll do it she's like Okay. Yeah. Well, and then that—it's a good thing if an artist, if I, if me, if I was, if I, I guess I am a musician. If I walk into, <laughs> say, say I walk into a record store, you know, and uh, they're playing them that know, mm -hmm. and they and they know that I'm the bassist, right? 
that's a good thing. I yeah. walk in, I'm like, fuck yeah. I don't yeah. know why they would be like, that's super lame that we're playing their because music, man. When you were at, at their level, like I'm a super elitist music fan. Like you can't wear the band's t-shirt to that band's gig. You can't have, you know. Oh, I do that. When I go but to a gig, I, I try not to, or like if I go to a, sh- to a concert, I try not to wear the t-shirt of the concert I'm going to. I try to wear something relevant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the move. You can't. <laughs> that's so lame. You can't can't go see Jason Isbell wearing Jason Isbell t-shirt. No, yeah, that's fucking exactly. Lame. I, my thing is I try to dress up like an old dad and just pretend like I brought my kid there. Like, that's my thing. I like oh, because that's usually I the case. I put my phone the outside. Got, <laughs> you, get, yeah, that's, you get a different I experience. I went to, I, it's, I know we talked on a previous thing about Danzig. And I'm not a huge Danzig fan, but for whatever reason, they are playing in Lawrence. And we went to, I don't dislike Danzig, but we went to this concert, a Danzig concert. And there was this dude standing in the back wearing a pair of khakis, like a, uh, you know, button-up shirt tucked into his khakis. Like, and obviously did not belong there. Comb over, all that stuff. But he took his kid there, and kudos to him for taking his kid to the music that he likes to go listen to. I would not. This was a scary concert. The people that opened them were freaking <laughs> very questionable. Concert. I mean, I like Glenn Danzig or whatever Danzig, but dude, the, there was a band that opened that was like uh, Electric Hellfire Club. They were like freaking saying that you know, uh, praise Satan and hailing Hitler and shit. Like I'm like, this is not a cool scene right now. And I can't imagine what that dude was thinking. But his kid was like dressed all in black. His arms were all wrapped up with black duct tape, had an inverted cross on his forehead, powdered his skin Holy all white fuck. shit. I'm like, this dude is just trying to fucking get his TPS retorts done for the week. And he's got to come <laughs> in here and deal with this bullshit. Yeah. Just, just trying to keep, you know, just quality time. Got to make sure I put in time with my son. I don't yeah. want that divide. Don't want him like rebelling. Got to. Yeah. I don't want my kids shooting up to school. So I'm going to yeah. try to spend some time with yeah. him here. Well, <laughs> even if we got to be here at a neo-Nazi middle party. Yeah. I was like, this is not, this is not, I don't fit in here at all. <laughs> and I was, course, I remember this. I was wearing a Ramones t-shirt while I was there. See, there you go. That's the move. <laughs> I mean, it was, at least it was, it was, uh, I mean, that's classic. Ramones are classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now, see, now, though, you can get Ramones shirts at Walmart. So now, if you show up in a Ramones shirt, they're going to be a fucking poser. That's the thing, though, is that I don't give a shit if, like, I've gotten shirts from from Walmart. Some of my Beatles t-shirts are, well, I guess it's the Beatles. But, like... Uh, <laughs> I don't care, dude. It doesn't matter where it comes it from. It helps just, my cred. I have yeah. seen the Ramones a couple times. Before. Oh, see. Before. That would be badass. I never have. They were... I haven't either. Um, but anyway. It so... was an original lineup by the time I was in high school and stuff. It was, I think the bassist was the, not the original bassist. Or One of the guys. They still got to see Johnny and Joey at least. Uh, yeah. That's all that matters. So anyway, after he stammers and stutters about uh, Maria DeSalle's whatever... There's this other thing I got to do. And he runs into like back into his office and then talks to us. And he's like, he's super what? cool about it. Yeah. And then he comes, then he comes in when it's talking to us, breaking the fourth wall time. He's like, who the fuck is he in? I was uh, just like, when I, I laughed, I laughed pretty, I pretty loud. Um, so then he remembers the upsta- upstairs neighbor. He's like, she doesn't have any friends, Ian. She doesn't have any coworkers, Ian. Who the fuck is Ian? How does she meet Ian? Where did Ian come from? Then, piece of mail for his upstairs neighbor i period ray so he's always known upstairs neighbors ray but ray's his middle name i ray i must ian 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 oh that guy this wait that guy oh no not this guy this fucking this fucking guy dude i thought he was just spinning out of control at that point i was like 
Now you're just making some wild ass assumptions. We saw like, you saw on. the letter I. I go. That has to be Nia. It's like Laura and I used to lay there and listen to that guy have fucking sex all the time. And it cuts to the two of them in bed, and you just hear bed like springs. Boy, he can really go for a long time. <laughs> yeah, this guy, guy, huh? Goes on long enough. And she goes, "I should be so lucky." And then like awkward second, and they're like, <laughs> "That by the way, laughing." We're making about. jokes. But did you see the book she was reading? Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> Which is pretty fucking funny. So now we get a little fantasy, like an office space, where we find out Lomberg fucked her. And he pictures, oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. You know, the whole Lomberg sexy. He, he pictures Tim Robbins in a hipster ponytail and Laura having sex. So, yeah, Tim Robbins is played by Ian. Uh, Tim Robbins, I... Always thought it was pretty cool, but apparently he's even cooler than I fucking ever thought, because he took his super small role in this and his super small role in Anchorman, knowing like, well, you're not going to be able to get, we're not paying you much because you got like less than ten minutes of screen time. Why would you're a pretty big name? Why would you do this? He took them because the characters are going to have to wear really weird wigs. And he just he, wanted to wear he made sure that he was able to keep the wigs. <laughs> oh no way! And wears them like uses them in Halloween costumes and just. It's like those are those are yeah, but those are made with real hair. I, I ran into Tim Robbins at a bar in New Orleans. What Melanie and I did one time. He yeah. seemed pretty cool. Did you talk to him? Yeah, was we talked to him. Yeah. He hung out like he like there was nobody in this place. It was a small theater place. We just, just stumbled upon it, and like we're just hanging out in there, and all of a sudden this like group of dudes walk in, and I'm like, "That's fucking Tim Robbins." Where there's me and my wife, and then another couple we were in New Orleans with, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up!" They're like, "Holy shit, that is Tim Robbins." <laughs> so. Yeah, what, did, was, what the hell did you guys talk about? Uh, man, it was like we're like like yeah, I hate to bother you, but you know, big fan or whatever. And they're like, man, all of his guys and stuff are cool, and they're like hanging out and drinking and stuff. And then uh, the other guy that's with us is like, oh, I love Shawshank Redemption so much stuff, and I don't. He did not want to talk about that stuff, and then pretty soon mm-hmm. he left. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine. I also they don't always want to read talk that about Shawshank that Redemption like everybody in that movie hated the making of that movie. Everybody was fighting like it was a terrible thing. I mean, great uh. movie. But nobody, nobody involved in it liked each other or liked making the movie. Damn. I always, I always think about what I would do if I met someone famous. I mean, I have, and most times I'm just like, in, in panic mode. But in the outside, I come out like this. Oh yeah, like in my sure. mind, I want to be like find the most obscure movie that like I've seen. And you know, if I would have been on my mind, I'd be like, oh man, love you, is Eric the Red or whatever, like something right. like that 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 nobody's. And you're like, well, like, all right. The worst one I ever did was when I met Tommy Chong. I went straight freaking like school kid. I'm like, oh well, yeah, it's Tommy Chong. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Chong. I met Esperan- Esperanza Spalding, and. uh I I think I I think I might have been able to scrape out a. I'm a pretty big fan. You're an incredible bassist. Yeah, I've and then it. took a picture and I, I look back at the picture and I just look nerdy as fuck. I took a picture with Tommy Chong and shook his hand. But I met uh, Lucinda Williams in an airport and, and Danny Trejo in an airport before. Oh, Danny Trejo, together, dude! Now that's long. that's a I dude met, that I think I could kick. I only it met with. Dennis Rodman's penis in an airport. <laughs> His penis, huh? There's a story where I was like, not, I was trying to find my, because LAX is crazy, you know? And I was like looking for my gate, looking, and I ran into Dennis Rodman, but he's just so much taller that. Oh, he just like yeah. dick slapped you? Yeah. He looked down and I just said, oh my God, I'm sorry. And like fucking darted he out his foot under the, <laughs> He tapped his foot under the stall. And, you know I mean, not going to be rude. Yeah. <laughs> the rest uh, was history. No, um, I mean, I was dating a bartender 
and uh, she's a huge fan of Dexter. I think it was even still on. That's how long ago this was. But uh, who's that guy? Who played Dexter? Michael. Well, I don't know. I never something. watched it. Uh, I, I watched maybe, I think, the first season. Anyway, he actually came in and sat down and was hanging out. And she was like unable to talk. And he just had a Diet Coke. And she like poured the Diet Coke and was handing the glass to him. And like, Michael Hall. Mike, yeah. Mike, yes. And she was so nervous. She like dropped it and spilled it all over him. And, and she was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, fuck. I just spilled Diet Coke on Dexter. Oh my God. And he's like, Dude, <laughs> it's fine. Can I, can I get another one? Or. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and right. then, then he was cool. Would you like, clean the first one off before I clean the second <laughs> yeah, one off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she was able to take a picture with him, and he, I mean, he was he was cool, but like nobody, everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Dexter!" But nobody was like running up and trying to talk to him about stuff. So he was able to just sit there and listen to the band and, and enjoy his diet coke and stuff. But um, I don't know. Other than that, I guess I met Doyle a couple times, and I wanted to tell him like, "Oh my god, the, your album Welcome's fucking huge! Like changed my life. This Welcome is amazing." Is great. And, uh, yeah, like. You, I was in this downward spiral of depression. I wasn't eating and I lost all this weight and was like, oh, it was in your album, like really Fucking brought me out of killing it. It screwdrivers awesome. every and, night. Yeah. And I was like, you're, you know, I wanted this whole thing. I've been rehearsing in my head for like fucking 15 years. And instead when I met him, I was like, welcome's a good album. Your music's good. He's like, yeah, thanks. We just took a picture and he just like walked off. I'm like, I'm going to go kill myself now. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever. Anyway, so, yes, Tim Robbins took this role to keep the wig. So somewhere in Tim Robbins' house, he has the hipster ponytail wig from this movie and the super fro-curled wig he had in He goes Anchorman. by the wig store and he's like, I, if only I could go in there and buy a wig. I'm going to have to get a job to get another yep. wig. <laughs> he's like, all right, do I, do I actually want to do a movie, you know, and, and sink my teeth into a role? But this one looks like it'd have a pretty cool wig, and I do need to update my costume. So, <laughs> oh, this would be perfect for you because the guy looks exactly like you, even has the same hair. I don't want it. No, I don't want. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that just makes me like Tim Robbins even more. So now we finally get to breakup number five, Jackie. Actually, it wasn't that bad. I didn't really like her that much, honestly, and I'm glad it ended. I just put her on the list to, so that Laura wouldn't make the top five list, nudge her out of the place. So congratulations, Laura. Now you've made it to the top five. So we don't even ever see Jackie or learn anything about what happened with Jackie. So now he gets a call. You know, he's at the at the store behind the counter. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm interested in buying. Yeah, yeah, what's your address? What's going on? Now, this was a cut scene. But Beverly D'Angelo plays a housewife who's like pissed off at her husband. So she's going to sell his entire record collection while he's at work. And so, like, there was a whole scene filmed. It's a deleted scene on the DVD, but he, like, goes to her house. Oh, how are they going to cut Beverly D'Angelo? <laughs> and it's Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. Um, so instead, he's, like, getting the address, and this is where Liz walks in, Joan Cusack, storms in, just goes, Hi, Rob, you fucking asshole! Walks hi, right up. Like, hi, Barry. And then walks right out. She says, like, normal hi to oh, Jack yeah. Black, and then walks right up. <laughs> and we're like, okay, what? Wonder what that was about. So now we get a little flashback. I met Laura while I was DJing at a club. You know, he's up there and she comes up. She's like, oh, this is a great record. And anytime somebody says, I like this song or this is a great song or a great record, he's like, I know. So I fucking played it, you know. Oh, of course I know it's great. Yeah. And so he make and he waits for her outside the club as she's leaving with her friends. He's like, hey, come back tomorrow. I'll make you a mixtape. She's like, yeah, all right. We know, but he makes her a tape. 
And uh, then they started dating, you know, and it wasn't exciting. It wasn't like heart racing. It just, it was good. You know, it was good. And it, um, so here's, here's why I think that, that that whole thing just happened. I assume that Liz met Laura for lunch. And at this lunch, Liz was standing up for me until Laura told her two of possibly four pieces of information. And those are as follows. Number one, I slept with someone else while she was pregnant. And they, they keep... Uh, and so as he's Liz's... saying it, they cut back to Liz and Laura having lunch. So she's definitely telling all four of these pieces of information in the same order, too. Yeah. While, while she was pregnant. While I was pregnant? No. <laughs> Number two, that affair directly contributed to Laura ending the pregnancy. Number three, after the abortion, I borrowed a large sum of money and a customer $4,000 and as of now has not paid back any of it. And number four, uh, before she left, I said that I was unhappy in the relationship and sort of looking around for somebody else. And that's when Liz was like, okay, well, I'm going to storm directly to the record store and call him a fucking asshole. So then he's like walking along. And he's talking to us again. He's shocking, like, shocking. Shocking. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, so the money thing, I haven't paid any back because I can't pay any back. It's not like I'm $4,000 richer. You know, I just, I haven't been able to pay it back. And it even shows her handing the check and him trying to say no, 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 don't, you know. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't like he was, it. hey, why don't you give me money for this opportunity I have or whatever. Like she was trying to be nice and help him out. And after he did say all the four things, he's like, I'm a fucking asshole. You're yeah. Like, yeah. I'm an asshole. Yeah. yeah he, whatever. So he accepted that. Like, well, no, he goes, and are these pieces of information true? Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah. He, and then he explains them a little so, bit. So, yeah, the money was, she was like, take this. And he's like, no, well, I don't want to take money from you. She's like, no, take the fucking money. And then the the the, the looking for somebody else, she tricked me into that one because she's a fucking lawyer. She put some lawyer mind shit on me. And she started talking about how I'm unhappy in the relationship. Are you? And I said, well, okay, yeah, sure. You know, it doesn't seem like things are going great. And she talked about how she sometimes thinks about seeing somebody else or maybe somebody else would make her more happy. And do I ever feel that way? And I was like, well, I guess since you said that you do that too, sure. I could imagine there being somebody else. Maybe I'd be more happy with. So she fucking <laughs> tricked me into it and I fell for it. Why? Cause she's smarter than me. And I like that. He was super yeah. honest about that. I was like, cause she's smarter than me. I was like, all right. Yeah, But it wasn't like, he just goes, Hey, I'm unhappy with you. And I want to fuck somebody else. It was, I mean, she admitted, I I think that someone else can make me happier, don't you? And so he's like, well, sure, I guess I feel that way. So, yeah, I mean, in the conversation they have, it's more of a, it's it's not like a, I've been looking around for someone else. I'm sick of this. It's it's a conversation. Yeah, like one of those conversations that married couples have, like, oh, if I die, would you remarry or would you do this or that? Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. like, well, you ever maybe... fantasize about anybody else or something? Yeah, like that, you know? and you'd be like, well, I guess if like, you died, yeah, maybe I I'd take somebody. Else. He said he wants to fuck somebody else. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the affair thing, well, there's really no no defense for. For that. <laughs> For that. Uh, oh, no, but the, the seeing somebody else, she brought that up so that he would say, sure, I guess, somebody else. And that would absolved her from guilt for now going to see Ian, basically. She likes that all that. Anyway, yeah, there's no there's no help in the fact that the affair. And But as far as the abortion, I didn't even know she was pregnant until way later. Like, I didn't know about it. I didn't know she terminated it. I was not told anything about it at all. Yeah, he said that in, in the spell that we were having, it was a good time and then... Mentioned something about having a kid. Yeah, and that's when she finally like told him what had happened. Um, so now he's like, so what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why do I keep doing this bullshit? 
Why am I why am I doomed to be dumped? And he pulls out his old little black book. He's like, let's find out. Let's go back. Um, and it's just the, the one thing you never do. Don't go back to your exes. It's like, what the, why, why didn't this work out? Um, but that's what he does. So he calls the number he has for Allison, his junior high girl that he kissed a few times. Calls his parents out. Her well, parents Well, because it's the only number he has. It was, yeah. She was a junior high. She lived with the parents, obviously. And the mom answers like, no, she married Kevin, her junior high sweetheart. Her first boyfriend. What are you talking about? Well, technically, I was her first. I don't even know who you are. Well, I technically first. <laughs> I like you, how he's arguing well, about yeah. it. <laughs> what do you mean technically? We I mean, made te- up three nights in a, three days in a row after technically. Te- I mean, technically. That, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was technically first. Okay, first boyfriend. Technically. Okay. She's like he almost just about did. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, I gotta go, and hangs up on him. Yeah. And so then he's like, oh my god, Kevin. She married fucking Kevin. It's his destiny. They're fated to be. This isn't about me. This is about fate. This is awesome. Oh, my God. I feel like justified. I feel absolved. I need more of this. I need to call the other four on my list and figure out. I need I need some more of this good shit. Some more of this dopamine. So now in his mind, Bruce Springsteen, for no reason. Just, <laughs> just Bruce pops up and just, just hanging out, playing some guitar. And be like, hey, call your old ex yeah, and do back. it. Do it. Uh, they wanted to have Bob Dylan do that. Yeah, but he wasn't available because he's Bob Dylan. He's like, no, no I'm not going to do your stupid record. No, movie. I'm not going to. Does it involve a wig? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, it does. Oh, no, then I don't want to be in there. No. But yeah, Bruce is just like playing little blues licks and like noodling on his guitar. He's like, yeah, call them. They'll be so happy to hear from you. They'll tell you exactly why they dumped you. And, you know, everybody will be happy. <laughs> They'll be and, very receptive. You know, it's it's obviously. That's where it comes from. Goddamn, I'm like, I have a note here that just says, I need a bedroom, Bruce. The and bedroom. I was like, what is that? Like, oh, this is where it's from. It's because yeah. goddamn the boss is hanging out in the bedroom. Just, just playing <laughs> singing guitar. a song and encouraging him. That's what I need every morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love it's just his own conscience, you know. He just put Bruce as the image of his mind, like, confirming, yeah, do this absolutely insane fucking thing, and it'll totally pay off. Um, and I just love Bruce just, like, hardly even looking up from his guitar. He's like, yeah, and you'll feel better for it. It'll totally work out. It'll be great, man. Sure. Dude, no, it's yeah, cool, man. Fine. It's cool. It's, cool. it's, it's cool. great. It's a great idea. Cool. Okay, well, that's cool. all That's all I need. Ta-ta-ta-ta. Bruce Springsteen told me to do it. Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Jake Peralta. Anyway, so he actually goes and meets with Penny, his high school sweetheart that he kept trying to get past first base and couldn't. And it actually went well. Well, great. She's like a, a film critic, so she like has this little flashlight pen she takes notes with. She's like, we get to go out to movies. Like, he... He went with her to watch a movie. He's like, we go to a movie for free. She has this cute little pen flashlight. And then they go out to eat. And she's like really into him and is having a great time until he's like, yeah. I just really wanted to have sex with you. We couldn't have sex, but you fucked Chet or whatever. So what the fuck happened there? And she's like, you can see her face. She had like pure joy and she was so happy and having such a great time. And it just, just completely falls. Drops. Yeah. And these dark clouds form in her eyes. And she's like, are you fucking serious and then like goes on to f- and he defends oh. like yeah no really that's what i want to know what happened and so then oh my god she's like you dumped me after you dumped me because remember you dumped me you remember dumped that me. you yeah. dumped me uh chet came along and basically forced himself on me it wasn't rape but it was close enough there's not much of a fucking well, difference See, she said it wasn't because i technically said okay but it wasn't far from it yeah and that's just coercion man that's just like nagging nagging well and the thing we didn't talk about is when she, he left like when 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 What's what's his name? John Cusack. John Cusack. John Cusack left. He said like she's like you want to make out or whatever, and he's like, what's the fucking point? It's not going to get anywhere or whatever. And that's when he left. So then that's what he left her with, 
And then she was like, so the next guy, she doesn't want to mess up. So right, she let yeah, go. like she was doing her own self pity thing, like you've been doing for twenty years now. You fucking sad sack, but <laughs> sad sack. Yeah, but she actually says the words. It wasn't technically rape, but it wasn't far from it. And then I didn't have sex again until I was almost out of college because that's I hated when you're it so much. To. And that's when you're supposed to have sex is in college. I wanted to have sex with you, just not yet. And so she gets up. I. She doesn't throw a drink. No, she just... She calls him an asshole. She calls him an asshole and walks out and he sits there and the only thing he took away from all that was like, well, that wasn't my fault either. I dumped her. I I didn't get dumped out of that. I dumped her. Great. Absolved it too. Awesome. Another one I can cross off my list. What a piece of shit. He walks away from that one looking like a complete... Yeah, but he's happy because he didn't get dumped. And as a viewer, I'm just sitting there with this blank stare looking at the TV like, are you fucking Yeah, I was just like, man, dude, that was fucked. You were a miserable piece of shit. Um, yeah. So next is Charlie, but I'm not ready for that. So moving on to Sarah, my my rejection, my partner in rejection who rejected me. So he goes and he meets Sarah, and she answers the door. She's like, "Oh my God, Rob, hi!" Ah, and and then they go out to like eat at some diner. She's like, "Oh yeah, I've got to meet this new person, and I got medication." And she's like, mentally not well, or hasn't been. And, you know, she's, like, going to therapy. She's working on it. She's making great progress. Um, and the the guy she started seeing while her and Rob were doing their, like, rejection pity party sleeping together didn't work out. And uh, But she's so happy that Rob's back. And he's like, oh. Oh, so your head case. Okay. Well. Yeah, that, that she, like, was, like, talking about, uh, like, wanting to get back to go are you single are you single yeah he's like well i'm between things i'm between whatever and he takes her back to her apartment and then leaves and he's talking to us and as, as he's walking down her hallway talking to us she's still standing in the door watching him like are you are you, are you coming back he's like i yeah. could have had sex right there but uh man i feel guilty enough as it is it's like about what if that last interaction with Penny What's didn't make that, you feel yeah. guilty, then what the fuck can you possibly feel guilty about? Well, and he's also you like... You're a terrible but, but human being. She didn't dump me. Like, we, you know, we had a thing going, and it wasn't like we weren't in a relationship. Or, so yeah. he was like... My, he wrapped his mind around, like, well, I didn't get dumped here either, so nope. I'm, I'm off the hook. Cool. Here. Three yeah. out of five. Good. Good. He had a one-track mind for those things. Like, yeah. he, was, he, was on, he was on a mission to figure out one thing, and... And that's all he... Yeah. yeah. So then he finally, like, sits down, he flips through, he's like, oh my god... Charlie's in the phone book. She should be on fucking Neptune, but she's in the phone book. And he leaves a message on the machine. I'll leave a message. She'll never call back. Leave Whatever. a pleasant message that'll never be returned. Yeah. Now, back at the store, Dick, Dick is talking to this girl, Anna. Anna's played by Sarah Gilbert, the younger sister from the Roseanne show. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, don't, I mean, I, was, I watch, I like subtitles. I can't watch anything without subtitles. Anna... They spelled it really weird. A N A U G H, mm-hmm. which is weird because G H usually should be. F- not really, but not you know. when it's in like names all the times, like Kavanaugh or yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, there you yeah. go. Um, that's right. But yeah, I I mean I wrote it in my notes. It's just A N A because I have limited characters. So I'm sorry. Nick Hornsby or whatever who wrote the book that I misspelled your character's name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's if like, we hadn't talked about it. We wouldn't know it would it'd be yeah. a non-point. <laughs> After all, this it's is very, not a visual media. I, I media. really, uh, I'm a, I need transparency or this show will not work. So, um, but yeah, he's talking to her about green days. Like, I feel like the green Bay green day is just a, 
influenced by two bands and they both say the clash at the same time yes yes definitely the clash and then also like seven year itch or whatever this fucking other thing is yeah he says something else and he goes and grabs this uh, record he's like I, I think you'll like this this is definitely a green day influence and he puts it on and one some random cops like oh is this in a green day and anna and dick look at each other and like roll around like, <laughs> kind of scoff a little bit cultured bitch yeah <laughs> And so Rolling they, our eyes as yeah. we scoff. I remember, day. like when I was, you know, go to record stores back when they had like CD stores and record stores and shit right. like that, and just trying to buy an album or something. Like, like all these dickheads were probably just judging me. The time. <laughs> <laughs> God, I remember once. I think it was when we we took a trip to Topeka for the um, the statue ceremony because they're putting the statue on top of the Capitol building. Oh yeah, they took it down and cleaned her all up, and then put it back up there. Maybe I uh, did that once a while back. No, this—I mean, this would have been like ninety. Oh, were you? Were you Forrest Gump? So, so you I, Forrest Gump yeah, I photobombed. Like I saw the 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 uh, designer or sculptor and somebody else were like standing there holding hand or shaking hands, but standing there with it for photo yeah, op. Photos. And I stood right behind him. And so I was in every single picture that every newspaper <laughs> took. And so he was, was on the front page. I made it on the front page of all these Kansas newspapers, just standing in the background like Forrest Gump of all these things. But uh, our teacher, Mr. Caldwell, took a, you know took a bunch of us there for this. And then we like ended up shopping at the mall. And the first days of the new album had just come out. You know, when it was like acoustic metal. Yeah. With like shelf in the room and uh was that finally found a reason I yeah, don't know. I like what that Eddie Vedder's doing with his voice. I, yeah. I think I could do it even. And, but that had just come muffled. out and so I, I don't know how <laughs> as a fucking junior high or maybe freshman in high school or whatever, I actually had money. But like I bought the music book with like uh, the guitar tabs in it, it with some dollars. And then I bought a copy of the CD and then I bought a copy of the CD for my friend Jeff, listener Jeff. How and then I think copies did you buy? And then I think I even got a copy for Mr. Caldwell cuz <laughs> he was like we had listened to some of it and he's like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." And I thought, "What the fuck is old old man Mr. Caldwell thinks is cool?" But I just bought so much just days of the new stuff. And I remember going up to buy it and the guy at the register just goes, "You must you must really like this band, huh? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, I got the sheet music and like three copies of the CD and all this stuff. He's like, that, this, this is a bit obsessive. Goddamn, that, that, that <laughs> has to be maybe like at least albums, 50 right? bucks. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of other CDs in the store, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of funny. Did this happen to be on cue? On cue. Do you guys ever go to on cue? I don't. Uh, there my. Uh, there is a couple had album CD stores in the Sam mall, Goody or whatever. Just oh, know, Sam Goody. Basic, Sam Goody was another basic one. Bitch ass CD. Well, that's what Onkyo is. Yeah. Sam Goody yeah, and Onkyo are like the same thing. I miss Hastings stores. I miss Hastings. Those things were dude, the best, oh. dude. Hastings was awesome. Hastings actually, their 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 business market or business model was small towns only. Well, they were in Topeka. Oh. I love that one. Yeah. It's a pretty. I guess small Topeka town. is a small though. Yeah, it's a smaller city. I guess. Anyway, all right. So now after the Green Day thing, uh, Rob sees these two skater punks like sticking stuff up under their shirt. He's like, Barry, get the door. Oh, my God. And they end up chasing these guys out onto the sidewalk. And one of them had dropped a skateboard. So he grabs and he's like, how much is this fucking worth you little fucking punks? And how much he did you steal? He calls it a deck, too, which is yeah. cool. Because that actually, you called skateboards without the, well, technically. So, all right. Education. Uh, the part where the wheels go on, that's called the trucks. Mm-hmm. So just the piece of wood is called a deck. And so he holds it and like shakes and it's like, how much is this deck worth for you? And about 60 bucks. Yeah. About 60 bucks. Always have a bin. Always probably will be. It's just a piece of fucking wood. Right. So yeah, 
because I'm going to smash this. Like, how much? You, so they set down a whole bunch of records and a whole bunch of CDs. And he's like calling the names. I was like, are you fucking stealing for your parents? Or what the hell is this shit? He's like, man, fuck you. You just see us and you judge us automatically. You judgmental pricks. And he's like, I bet you have more. I'm like, okay, fine. And they throw down a magazine that's like home recording for... Yeah, how to start your how to start your own home studio or whatever, and so they get all the stuff. They stop these skater punks from stealing. So, um, he's closing up, and Laura stops by the store. She's like, "Okay, I want to get some things." Um, and so they're talking. She's like, "I wanted to get my life together. I didn't see that happening with you, so I started looking elsewhere." And then that went farther than it should have. So I felt like it was a good time to end it. Honestly. That's kind of cool, like that she realized it went farther than it should have, and that's you know like I was like okay, this is, this not is probably honest or decent anymore. Indeed. We yeah. should we should end it. Yeah. And um, so then he's like, okay, is it better? What is what better? The sex with with is it better? Like that that's really that's what you want to ask. That's yeah, the question you want to. So. Yeah, I guess it is. Because I only care about why did I get dumped and if I'm good and better or not. That's really the only two things I'm concerned about in life. Yeah, this guy really is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know because we haven't done it yet. Yeah. And he like, he leaves her there because she asked him to leave. Like, can you just get the fuck out of here so I can get my things? And he's like, you want me to leave my own house? Yes, please. Just let me get my shit in peace. So he asked that question and he leaves all happy. I mean, he like... As he comes out the front door the onto the street, arms. he has his arms in his air in the air. He's like, "Fuck yeah, they haven't had sex! Oh my god, this is so excited! I'm so excited!" And uh, what Queens, we are the champions. Even starts playing. He's so happy that they haven't had sex that he feels like he's the champion. Uh, such a good mood that he goes right out and has sex with Maria Desal. <laughs> yep. I mean, yep. He's like, "How? Now how? Who among us wouldn't have though?" <laughs> if it was on the table yes but I'm not gonna go seek it I don't know if you uh, just got dumped yeah. that, that's the important thing like right now no mm-hmm. just got dumped in the year 2000 I don't immediately seek to get laid when I get dumped that's so. a late night Conan shit yeah. right there <laughs> um, yeah I, well no I'm just saying 2000 year 2000 me if I had just gotten dumped and had a chance to score with Lisa Bonet, yeah, yeah, that would have happened. Well, Spoiler okay, alert, that's if it's different. 2022 me and I just got dumped and Lisa Bonet is going to be like, <laughs> step in here, give me the Bonet. Spoiler alert. Be like, hey, okay, all right. Yeah, oh, what? Oh, you're, you're stepping up from Momoa, ain't you, girl? Yeah, oh. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she's she's with Momoa? She was. They divorced here. They, she had kids with Momoa. Holy. Yeah. I think everybody was like, we need to study the life of Lisa Bonet because she had Lenny Kravitz and then Jason Momoa. So what what is she doing right? Because how the fuck do you do that? What about old Skinny me, Pete, man? Can you imagine what they say after they saw us together? They'd be like, damn, she keeps getting better and better. <laughs> keeps getting better and better. <laughs> All right, Cusack. Tone it down. No. Anyway, so he's like, how, how could this possibly happen? How could a schlub like me end up with a music goddess like that? Well, when he danced away from his apartment, he went to the bar and met Dick and Barry... And Maria was there, and he started talking to her, and they had similar interests. And this, he has a good point. This, this is one of his it is points. A good I, point. I, yeah. I, I do agree. He's like, call me shallow, but it's fucking true. But interests matter. Books, movies, music, these things matter. 
It could be shallow, but if you don't have shared interests with on these things with somebody, it can make or break. Absolutely. And so they start he talking said, about, it's not what you are like. It's what, what you, you like. like. Yeah. And I'm like that 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 that's fair. Um I mean to a point. It's not complete make or break, but there there will have to be some middle ground. Like you have to be able to watch things together or talk about things together. And that's a big part of what people talk about, you know. Yeah. Um so they end up talking about movies and they have similar interests in movies and stuff, and the, so they're having more and more drinks. And then they end up like in a booth together talking about their exes, and so they bond over like how many how their dumps have gone and how their dumpings, not their dumps, but um, so they bond a bit over bad relationships and previous relationships and heartache, and uh, so it cuts to the next morning. And of course, there's booze involved. Oh, of course, yeah, and booze. So like he's tell he's sitting on her couch smoking a cigarette and telling us this when she gets up and comes sits next to him, and she's like. Yeah, I feel, uh, no, she's a, I miss Jason. I feel bad about Jason, but I'm not going to let that keep me from getting laid like a basic human right. Because you think sex is a basic human right? Fuck yeah. Dude, 100%. Yeah. I don't know why, dude, I don't know why we shame people so much about yeah. fucking just wanting to get laid. Yeah. And she like, I miss him, but I'm not, not going to let him keep me from a fuck. That's what's what I always say is that fucking is the, is the best thing you can do for free. And that's what would, all the religious people or lawmakers and stuff are like, we got to get these people to stop fucking. We got to get these kids to stop fucking. Like, no, it is. it costs nothing to do. I mean, yeah, the repercussions of it often cost. Just nothing. let's yeah. make but it, let's make it safer. Yeah. And, and protection, we, then go out there and it's, fucking yeah. have at it. Have a good time. What does it matter? Yeah. Speaking of protection, it's a matter for off, off, off air, probably. Okay. I am excited <laughs> for this. So, anyway. Now he, he talks with her, and they're laughing, and they're having a great time, and then they're leaving, and she goes, I'm going this way. He's going the other way. He goes, I'll call you, and she goes, yeah, right. Uh, I th- So in that moment, go- I yeah. thought in that moment, I thought they were just exchanging, like, these are the cliched exchanges that we're going to give each other. She tells him oh, something, yeah. and he's like, and he's like I'll, I'll call, call you. you, and she goes, yeah, right. That's, right, the, right, that's right. the impression I got from that. But like they both know that that was that, and that's Of course, that exactly. And so now he's back dwelling on Laura and but she said yet she said yet oh my god yet and so he's at the shop and he's asking Jack Black like what if I told you I'd never seen Evil Dead 2 yet and he goes well I'd say you're fucking crazy because you watched it with Laura and then you watched it again with me so I know you've seen it and he goes okay but hypothetically pretend that I've never seen it and I said I haven't seen I haven't gone to watch Evil Dead 2 yet Okay, what I don't understand what you're asking me, like, dude. Well, this hypothetical fucking, I would situation. Say you're a fucking idiot because it's a badass movie. It's a badass movie and a fucking killer soundtrack. And I'm like, oh, and yes, it's boy, violent. Good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Evil Dead Two fucking rules. But like, no, just fucking answer the question. If I told you that, what would you think? I'd think, well, obviously you weren't ever gonna go see it because you know, you're if like, you really want to see it. You would have gone and seen it by now. Yeah, you would have. You would have gone by now. It's like, oh yeah. That's true. Like, if I actually wanted to see it, I would have gone and seen it by now. But then there's that word, yet. God damn it, Jack Black. Like, it's your track. <laughs> well, that's exactly what, I, when he's asking the question, <laughs> I knew I'm like, yet. That means that you intend to. Yeah. Like, oh, I haven't seen that. When I say I haven't seen something yet, that means that I intend to see it. If you yeah. say, oh, man, have you seen that movie, whatever, have you seen the Green Book or whatever, some movie, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a real movie. I'll be like, no, I haven't seen it. Or I'll say, no, I haven't seen it yet. And if I say yet, it means I intend to. It's on my radar. It's on my radar at least. And I will see it. Well, maybe it won't be till it comes to video or streaming or whatever. But like it's in the future. Watch it. 
See, if I say no, I haven't seen it, then it's like no. I, it's, I think I think it's a little subjective saying yes. Yeah, because I do that sometimes. Like if someone's all excited about something and I just really don't care, like, oh no, man, I haven't made that one yet. And just mm-hmm. as a as a way to see, but to so me, I don't want to be like, hey, this thing you're really excited about, I don't give a fuck. Like, well, no, there's so, that, but that's also just kind of that's like, oh, that's to give them, but it's still to give them the impression that oh yeah, I'm oh, gonna very see true. it. I'm very gonna true. see it. it Valid point. Guess, yeah, Either way, point. it's purveying that you have the intention of of for, doing that. Very true. For me, very when true. I do when I do it, it's more like familiarity. Like on one hand, yes, it's something that I have an intention to do. Like yet, I will do it eventually, but not yet. But yeah, also, so, if I don't know, like if like back to the example of a movie, if I don't know the movie, I'm like, no, I haven't seen that. And then they talk about it more. I was like, oh, cool. If I do know about the movie, then I might say yet because I actually know that it exists. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'll probably eventually watch that, you know? Okay, but then still that you will eventually. Yeah, eventually. And that's that's what he's really trying to get to is does this imply that I'm going to? And so he's just trying to use this movie metaphor to talk through it with Jack Black. And then thinks he gets the answer he wants until Jack's like, but then the word yet kind of implies that you want to. Right. God so, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was exactly. fishing. He was fishing, too. Like, if you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, but Anthony, you've never, you know, fist fought 15 ninjas and then made love to, you know, I don't know, uh, Lisa Bonet, I'll be like, I haven't yeah. fought 15 yeah. ninjas and made love to Lisa Bonet yet. yet. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. On, it's <laughs> on the list. <laughs> that, that, remi- that reminds me of that Simpsons bit. That that just they keep taking it and like recycling it over over and over and over. It's like, oh, this is the worst day of my life. No, this is the worst, worst day, day of your life, life so far. far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's from the movie, but yeah, that's become. Yeah, a it meme. is from the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! After he has to skateboard naked and gets tied to a lamppost, like God, <laughs> and then to be like, so far, so <laughs> far, <laughs> terrible. It's like how comforting, <sighs> Homer. Cool. Sometimes Simpsons is like the funniest thing ever, and so many other times it's such a waste of time. But anyway, so now he meets with Laura again, and we like, we actually we we have referenced the Simpsons on this. Show oh, well, I'm sure because it's been times. around for thirty something years. It's almost impossible to not reference it somehow. Um, so he meets with Laura again and it's like, he asks, like, first thing he says is, have you done it yet? It's like, are you, are you seriously still dwelling this? Yes. What do you want me to say? Well, I, I, I want, I no, want you to say that you haven't. Her, forces her to go out. Okay. But yeah. So I want you to say that you haven't done it and I want that to be the truth. She goes, well, I, then I, I can't, I can't do I that. I can't do that. And he's like, fuck. So we get full full on meltdown, full on Cusack meltdown, and at some point she's calling him and tries to talk, and he's like mad and hangs up. But then he calls information because you used to be, there used to be this thing that exists, kids, called information, and you could call it. And now, so you're all worried about people getting your data. Not only was there a book that they would throw at your front door that had everybody's home address and phone, <laughs> and number, phone number in it. Yeah. But you, there was a number you could call and say, you don't even have to tell them who you are. You could just be like, I need Ian Raymond's address or phone number. Okay, let me look that up. Can I get his home address too? Oh yeah, absolutely. You could just call a place and get it. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's just hard to find. Like you, you got to do some searching on the internet and shit now. I mean, if uh, no, we don't actually. Still, super there easy. There is still phone books out there though. Yeah, the white pages and stuff. If it's in the phone book, you can still get it. But the white pages stuff, nobody's got a landline anymore. So if you yeah. don't have a landline, and then the white pages ain't doing shit for it's, you. Uh, no, it's super, it, it's still super easy because I used to my uh, my previous could, job. Could you I still used dox on people. I could dock people, but I mean. It's privileged information. Once it gets to me, I don't release it, but it's readily available. Like I can look up your address and probably the every single fucking address you've ever lived in since you've been eighteen. Oh yeah, no, I put it on every social media. I put it all out there. I'll come yeah. get some fucker. So like, come to my yeah. house. But like, so the, the site that I use, you're gonna be I need really. A, you know where I live? <laughs> Fifteen inches. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kill them on. You're like, all right, I know the next part. Well, <laughs> so I had to, part. I had to locate people because uh-huh. some people get real dodgy. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's a free site. It's, it's called Fast People Search. You, if you know their full name, which is just first and last, if you know where, where they at one point lived, we're you gonna, can find them. We're gonna get sponsored by a doxing site. <laughs> All the other things we've asked: <laughs> home slice pizza, hey, dude, uh, every booze under the sun, rooster booster energy drinks. And I'm, we're all, I'm end all right up with it. Ice house beer. <laughs> Ooh, ice which house happens beer. to be what we're drinking today. Yeah. <laughs> the delicious, anyway, so, taste of ice house beer. It's uh, brewed for a bolder taste. It's bold. bold. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Bold. It's bold like a pungent armpit. <laughs> I've had worse. Probably. Armpits. So anyway, information gives him all this information, and so he goes to the address and finds the payphone right outside, and then starts calling repeatedly. And if Ian answers, he hangs up immediately, puts in more change, calls back until finally Laura answers, and he talks to her, and she hears a siren, both on the phone and then outside the window. She just peeks out and sees him right there, and she's like, "Dude, Jesus Christ, you're fucking insane!" Can <laughs> yeah, like, right outside the fucking window, dude. Can we can we talk about this later? I really got to go, and so. Um, cut to cut to him and Liz meeting somewhere, and, and she's like, "You, uh, you got to stop being fucking nuts, dude. Like, you can't come by the place. You can't be calling. You're, you're kind of being insane." And he is pretty much being insane. Yeah. And uh, and so then, so one point, I think he's talking to us, and he's like, "You got to ask yourself, why do you want her back so badly?" Or somebody makes him think. Which is, that. it's a good question to ask. Yeah, yourself. yeah, but I remember who brings that up to him. It's like, why don't you just ask yourself, why do you want her back so badly? Like, is it just because you don't want to be left, or is it about her? Is it you or her? You know. Um, so next day he's at work and Charlie calls and she's like, oh my God, I just got back to Chicago and I got your message. Oh, this is so great. It's so nice to hear from you. Is there just a thing going on? Because I get so many calls from ex-boyfriends and they're all doing this what went wrong, soul-searching thing. Is that something that dudes do? And he goes, <clears throat> uh, I don't know anything about that. I've never heard anything about that. Okay, good. I, d- I was hoping not. But I have a dinner party tomorrow. You should come by. It'll be great to see you. Okay, yeah. Sure, cool. yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, agrees to that. And then he goes back out into the shop and stops dead in his tracks. And there he is. And his hipster fucking ponytail and all. Ian. New age. Please have some respect. <laughs> Put some respect in that fucking mouth. Um, so I like he talks down to Rob. He's like, look, man, obviously I know how amazing Laura is. And if she didn't want to see me anymore. Well, I think that I would respect that, you know. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> 
And I, like, he has the ponytail, and he has like all these random piercings all the way down his ear, but he's still in like a business suit. And I just, he's still such a weird mashup of like 90s new age hipster bullshit. Yeah, apparently Kevin Nealon was busy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, but Tim Robbins just nails, like, he is having a fucking blast. He's not in this movie much, but he is having a blast. Oh, you I like the thing he did with so, that, that, like, thing yeah, he did the, with like, his the, hand. The little finger tent thing. Because some parts, oh, like, when he's so talking about like, I, I should go talk to him or something. You know, my job is, you know, I'm a com- I, I do conflict resolution. Yeah, conflict yeah, conflict resolution. So he's there talking, and so after he go, he goes... Shall we just leave it at that then? And then Rob snaps back with the opening line of "You fucking pathetic rebound fuck! Why don't you get your patchouli stink out of my store?" and chases him out. And Barry and Dickerson are like, "Oh my god!" When I saw that, but, because this is the first time I saw this, I was like, "God damn! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah!" But then it snaps back to him just standing there, and that was all this fantasy. Yeah, and then, and then I was get, like, "Oh!" Here and so we then go. we get, "Shall we leave it at that then?" So now John Cusack like boils over and jumps and attacks him and Dick and Barry jump down and hold him and they're just Whoa. all fighting him. Oh no, him and Dick hits him with the fucking phone. Not this time. Yeah, oh, not that one. You gave it away because then it cuts and it's yet another fake out and we get, shall we leave it at that then? And now this is when Dick fucking knocks his teeth out with, with the, the phone. phone. Teeth go flying. <laughs> Brutal, dude. And uh, I like yeah. When, I like, yeah, when Cusack pulls the goddamn air conditioning unit out of the fucking yeah. wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hits him in the dick with it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that shit was fucking All of these heavy. Fantasies like going through his head, but it's just shall we leave it at that then? And like does a little something and just walks out. And John Cusack just takes it like a fucking bitch. Think about it, Rob. Okay. Um. So now we cut to the dinner party, and everybody's fancy, and they're all dressed up in nice clothes and having wine and smoking cigarettes and talking about world politics and. F- foreign cinema and all these things he knows absolutely nothing about and he just feels so weird and outclassed and kind of sits in the background just this is this is this watching is people uh, talk. that's gen z right now i've been to parties where there's a lot of gen z kids and like i felt kind of like that where i see these kids and they're like kind of like super cool and everything and i feel a little out of place and i'm like shit buddy that's not that's not just them being super cool that's just you being old <laughs> like I'm, and I don't mean that you're young. You're the youngest out of all of us. Yeah, but then no, there comes just, that point where you go to hang out with people, and you're like, "There's a generation oh, gap for sure." Yeah. you know, yeah. and you're just like, "You all have you have an entirely different, <laughs> different form of English than I do. You have different interests. You have all Spanish. You dress much, different. I have all of these yeah. things Dude. that I know so much about and can talk about, but you all have completely different stuff that you know that much." The same amount about, it's just completely different, and you share that in common, that's why you all hang out together, and yeah. I'm just a fish out of water here. Like, this yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah, you want to like, hey, have you guys heard this new album? And they're like, what the fuck is an album, bro? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, anyway, he basically sits in the back and chain smokes cigarettes while everybody else talks, until they finally leave, and then Charlie sits down, I was like, oh my god. They're well, all she, gone. Finally, she does. He does sit there and have a realization sometime, of, yeah. of Charlie being like, and then he doesn't have the rose tinting glasses anymore. Right. So he used to think all the stuff was so interesting and she was so intellectual and she was great. But now he's like, she's actually just kind of arrogant and stupid. And she like she just talks shit. If all people the time. are talking about something she doesn't know. She fucking talks shit on it and downplays it so she doesn't have to talk about it because she doesn't know how to. And like, oh, she's not actually that great at all, huh? And so then, yeah, she sits down next to him after everyone leaves, and, you know, she's like, oh, whew, that was exhausting. And he immediately just looks over and goes, so why'd you leave me for Marco? She goes, I fucking knew it! 
I knew it. I fucking knew it. God damn it. Um, but she doesn't answer the question. It's like, I don't know. You were a dull son of a bitch and you really seemed like you wanted out all the time. You just never seemed happy with, with where we were. She did Cause say- he spent the whole time like. Oh being God, insecure about it. She's going to dump me. She's going to dump me. So he's probably just a nervous ball of fucking anxiety the entire time. It's like, Marco seemed easier. He seemed comfortable. And what'd you say? Sparkier. Sparkier. Yeah. It will yeah. in and I out. actually That's... made a note in my notes that when 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 you are with Catherine Zeta-Jones, just enjoy the moment. Try not to think about it too much. Noted. Yeah. 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 Well, well, respect. Respect. respect on my list yeah. Because I'm sure that, I mean, I haven't been with her yet. Yet. But the intention is there. <laughs> yet, yet. Well, you're gonna have to wait till that throat cancer takes Michael Douglas out. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you bastard. Because his lockjaw is holding hey, on tight. All right, man. You <laughs> know what? I can't wait till it's yeah. my turn. Ten years down the road, you guys right. see me. I'm like, how are y'all doing? <laughs> you know what? Like, you I bastard! Even... You got with her, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if I get a voice box, dude. I... Worth it. <laughs> and so, anyway, just take take my whole lower jaw too. I don't care. <laughs> Just lay, your, just lay your tongue here. Lay just, your, just, lower uh, face on there. Just tongue goes. Just come down. <laughs> no jaw to end it, but the pleasure that you're giving. <laughs> All right, you guys are going to have to finish this. I'm going to go puke for the rest of the episode. All right, next day at work, Jables. That's uh, Jack Black's nickname for those hip to Tenacious D. JB. Oh, yeah, JB. Jables. Jables. And KG, Cal Gas's Rage Cage. But Jables gets asked to join a garage band because there's a flyer up in the sky. And the guy that comes in is like the guitarist for some actual local Chicago band at the time, but I don't know mm-hmm. who the fuck they are. Whatever. And, uh, you know, what are you into? You know, all the stuff kind of listed on the flyer, but we want to go a little more prog. really want to get out there a bit more, you know, experiment, blah, blah, blah. And they've not, nobody ever actually specifically says anything. It's just a whole bunch of bullshit music jargon. Yeah, you know, it's like we want to do that, but we want to Which kinda, is actual we wanna bullshit. push the boundaries and just kind of, you know, get a bit more expressive and get out a bit more, you know, just, just take it a little further out. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, we'll come by next week, man. We'll try it out. No, nobody said any. Nobody actually said anything. <laughs> people actually talk with you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, describing those, your. They music. have. They those have those are all actual phrases, but usually use them to pertain to something. Like they're still an anchor to what you're talking about. I've, you know, I've you could be the, like, okay, so there's jazz, but then like bop, bop is jazz, but you go a bit more out. But by going a bit more out means you use more. Uh, different modes so the notes can sound a little more clashier or there's like different dissonant harmonies and things that you have to be really careful about because if you fuck that one up then it really sounds like shit so you have to do something that could potentially sound like shit but do it intentionally and in a good way so it's 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 more difficult yes. but so if you can take something a bit more out there but that usually is in reference to something you don't just well I think I think if I was making music <laughs> I would say like, if like oh what kind of music are you, what, are we, what are you guys into or whatever back. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, it, like if you come to see us, you see those socks you're wearing, you wouldn't be wearing them because they'd be rocked off. <laughs> That's the kind of music. I, make. I like it. Or, oh hey, uh, what kind of music do I make? Yeah, no problem. Um, like do you know when you feel feelings? How in your life have you felt feelings? Oh yeah, I felt feelings. Right, right. When you hear my music, you will realize that you have never felt feelings until you heard my music. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was driving for Lyft, I would I would have to often describe uh, what our music was like. 
And for the first few times, I was like, fuck, that's a great fucking question. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Well, everybody's always like, what music play? And you just... Like, you're going to say something, and they're going to be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. But if you say anything other than, like, oh, rock or blues or, like, one of the really standard, basic, one-word mm-hmm. type of music genres, they're going to oh. So, and so I started anchoring with, oh, you know, like, it's it's like Tom Petty-ish, you know? Like, yeah, it's but very it's much a, singer-songwriter. Singer-songwriter. Rock. Rock. Rocky, you know, but, like, I'm a, I'm a bassist, and I tend to lean more... Uh, on the funky soul side. So it's a little funky and it's got a little bit more groove going on. Here, let me play you something. And then I play something and then they look it up on their phone. I was like, cool, I found you. Spotify, that's that's cool, man. I'll check you guys out. And I was like, great, cool. There I don't go. know how many of them followed us. You but know like, we've had sex before and it's been really good sex and the music that was playing was playing and it was good music. That was us. you're like, man. It was definitely was kissed be- by a rose. I wish there was better music to have sex to. That's the music I make. <laughs> that's the music I make. <laughs> Trust me. I wish there was music that was so powerful that it it would immediately give me a giant engorged heart on and make my wife pregnant. That's the type of music I make. Dude, when I hit the high note, an infinity stone was formed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the colors of the rainbow, baby. <laughs> Just shit like that, you know? Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'd come up with. I don't, I don't make music and I'm coming up with it. I <laughs> like it. No, we we like uh, color band the Infinity Gauntlet. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can change time, space. No, no, I don't know what all the stones even do anyway. Yeah, uh, all right. So uh, Dick goes out to meet Anna and Jack Black's trying to give him shit. But because that's all they do is give, you know, give Dick shit because he's like super quiet and, and like Dick, Dick shit. I get it. Yes. And his name is Dick and it. <clears throat> doesn't capitalize in my notes. So Nick, I just keep please, saying, his name is Richard. <laughs> so I just have Dick leaves to meet Anna. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Jack's like trying to give him a hard time because that's what he does. But then he's like, oh, he actually really likes this girl. And it's holy shit. Like he actually met a girl that likes him back. Like So then he, he, he can tell he's like, yeah, but no, actually good for you. He kind of like, so yeah. like, like saves it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. No, actually, fuck yes, buddy. Go, go do that. I'm excited for you. And then he, he has to go to practice. So it ends, you know, John Cusack's left alone. Uh, so he closes up shop and goes home. And when he gets home, he finds Laura sitting there reading some of his list. She's like, top five jobs. And it was... Uh, Most of them were being writers and critics. Yeah. In different well, time periods. Uh, right. Like music critics. Because he'd get to in the 70, like 71 to 75, like specifically because he'd get to hang out with these bands or blah, 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 blah. And then finally fifth was architect. It's like, do you even want to be an architect? I'm like, no, but you know, it seemed like I should have something. I mean, I did list it at number five. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but it is number five. It's a seven year study program. Like that, that's, pretty unattainable at this point <laughs> you know wouldn't you rather i don't know own a record shop than be an architect like, yeah probably so she goes there you go and scratches off architect right record shop owner I, yeah which you are see there you go you you've already done job. it i think that I and you've that, got one of your top five dream jobs and that was cool. really it was cool a really sweet moment yeah, yeah it was a very bittersweet moment and uh and it was kind of like oh things are going good for him a bit you know like They've done had the uh, the immediate rejection kind of freak out uh, pity party slash the, the shit and and they're laughing a bit again and she picks up her bags and and goes but it was a nice moment and then he goes and fucking shit and so then it. he stands there and he's talking to us again he's like top five great things about Laura you know how 
effortless she is or the way she walks or how she rubs her feet together and even numbers in her sleep when she can't sleep or whatever sleep, and blah, yeah. blah 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 and all this the uh, way she well the, the way she smells was one that really yeah. kind of got me a little bit because it's like she was like it's so weird how like just for some people it's uh like the way someone smells is just yeah. smells like home yeah and it just seems like home and I, I can't explain it but it just is i'm like yeah that that absolutely makes sense i totally get that yeah sure. and like that was like that was number four, I think. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, shit, yeah. And so then he's like, believe me, I could do top five things that I hate about her also. I mean, I could definitely, don't, don't think I'm like catching feelings for her again or anything. <laughs> no, uh, but he goes, but that that's the type of thinking that uh, that got me here. So I don't, I don't want to do that. So at least he has a bit of self-awareness <laughs> <laughs> there. So um, next day at the store, he goes in and. He stops in his tracks. What is, what is this you're playing? And and Jack Black goes, "Oh, it's Vince, Vince and Justin." Okay, who the fuck are Vince and Justin? Oh, so skater punks we caught stealing the other day. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's good, but it's good, but it's really good, but like it's good. I mean, it's just standard punk stuff. I I didn't think it was anything special, but it was fine for teenage kids making punk music. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not. It wasn't. It wasn't any no definition. Exactly, two listeners will get that joke. But that's right, Jesse Benedict, representing you, buddy. Um, so he ends up going out and finding them, like hanging out at a basketball court or whatever. He's like, "Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put your record out for you." Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like they seem kind of unimpressed or whatever. It's like, okay, I guess if you want to put out music for us, I mean, obviously we need someone to put that out for us, so great. But he doesn't have a label. He owns a record store, but he doesn't have a label. Yeah, does he have a record press? No, but they ask him. Yeah, the, yeah. he doesn't have a press. He doesn't have anything. But they ask him, what's your label called? He goes, top five records, because everything he does is top five. Top right? five yeah. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Of course that would be it. But then when he gets back into the store, Jack Black's like, what the fuck, dude? You've got a musical genius working in the same shop as you, and you've never offered one thing, and these two skater punks, you're giving a fucking record to you? And then we get the coolest middle finger gag, where he puts his right hand up and then uses his left hand as a gun and, like, and ends up with the middle finger, but he shoots, like, I don't know, 20 times. He's even sloppy well, with... Many, many shots to get them yeah, all down. To, get, to, to crumble the other fingers all the way down. But it's, it's hard to do that, too. It's hard, to, it's hard. If you want to flip someone off and remove one finger at a time, it's pretty hard to keep that one. Yeah, I can do it. I've I've been flipping the ball. Nick off. Yep. Oh, there it is. I can do it my left hand because fretting for so long. Like I can do it both. It's pretty easy because my 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 left hand's got the uh, pretty good. If I alternate, I can do it. My left hands mostly just for masturbating, so it just all goes. Anyway, we're all sitting here trying and just randomly (laughs) flipping off. Anyway, it's it's a funny middle finger gag. So uh, Laura calls the store and it's like, oh my god, my dad died, and then she hangs up. And so he goes out and he's like, Laura's dad just died. And so Jack Black would be like, top five songs about death, dude. We'll dedicate it to Laura's dad. And so as they're talking through the list, she calls again. It's like, mom really wants you at the funeral because I haven't told her that we broke up yet. And dad was always really fond of you. So, of course, he goes. And while, you know, he's there, he realizes he never actually committed to Laura. He's always keeping his options open. Basically, had one foot out the door the whole time. And, uh, starting to realize how big of an asshole uh, but, he yeah. really is. Like, when, yeah. if, if you never fully commit and you're just always kind of halfway gone and waiting for a chance to go, then obviously, yeah, that, that will rear its ugly head 
sooner than later in a relationship. And he, he said has one one foot in the door, one foot out the door. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I mean, there's a bunch of songs about that, but like one foot on the doorway, one foot in the path, you know? Yeah. Um, but he has a great line that living like that is, is just suicide in tiny, tiny increments. Like you're just killing yourself slowly because you can't commit to anything. So you're living your whole life waiting and trying and maybe hoping for something else, but never actually doing anything and suicide in tiny, tiny increments. I think that's a, that's a cool line. So anyway, uh, he was doing all the talking to us during the funeral about all this, you know, skipping the whole funeral. But there's a weird thing in the funeral here. And uh, my wife, Laura, no, no, uh, odd that the main girl in this movie is also Laura. But um, we both wondered about this. In fact, we even paused and talked about it. We've never seen this before, but they're doing the funeral with the casket up there at the front at the altar in the church. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he gets on, the priest turns around and flips a switch and the casket just lowers into the floor in the church. Yeah. That is a weird, it was was interesting. Yeah. I was like, so do they build a fake church in the cemetery? So it just lowers in the, or, and she's like, maybe it, there's just a a psychological thing. Well, there's probably just a little parking thing down below. So they're just lowering it down to put it into the hearse down below. And then it comes out from the church, you know, like there's just a, yeah, that could be, or maybe if the church has a, has an onsite cemetery, maybe that they don't, that's how they end it. And then the grave diggers, they deal deal with it later. Yeah. So they don't actually go do the side service. They don't do the, the the graveside part of it. I don't know. I just never seen that before. I've never heard anything about that. Yeah. No, it's just weird. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, which I I don't know, but that's big cities. You you never know because shit, man, they might not be buried there. It might be buried a ways away or like, you know, it's hard telling or go go to get cremated or whatever. shut down lower whacker drive for a funeral procession yeah. i don't think yeah, so no way i yeah. mean you can't really do that here like over no. by where i live i live by like five at least five graveyards and they're I all should different. tell you something about your neighborhood bud oh well no it's just because my neighborhood was out in the fucking boonies before like i, I, I everywhere I was out in what the boonies is the hood. before <laughs> i live i live in what they call the hood right. oh. Oh, well. <laughs> this is, you know this used to be triceratops mating grounds well, this one specifically. <laughs> I should put a plaque up in our front yard. Triceratops. On this date, millions of years ago, two triceratops fucked. <laughs> I have two triceratops. A picture of two triceratops. You gotta <laughs> Just, be more specific with the date, though. Like 65,437,000. BC. And then put a little, like, yeah, a nice en- engraved picture of two triceratops. Doing it triceratops. Which I don't know what that would be because spiked tail and everything. I just no matter what, it seems dangerous. I'm guessing that it's like chickens. Because chickens don't really do a whole lot of. I mean, you're fertilizing eggs, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like one one squirts the eggs, the other just jerks off on it. Is that something it? like that? I mean, that I mean, how, that's like, kind of how it works for us, it? kind of. I mean, it's just getting to them <laughs> eggs. It's different ways of getting to them <laughs> eggs. My God, I saw a, a meme this morning. Uh, it was. <laughs> A picture like of an egg and a sperm like trying to get into it, you know, and the caption on it was worst mistake of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Dude, I actually dark. So, on my I guess I, I was I, I went to a show on Friday and um I was talking because I was on a date and I was talking to this girl and uh, I don't know how the conversation got to it. But, but you, it, it got to the point where I was like, Yeah, I didn't choose to be here because she asked me something. And I was like, No, I didn't choose to be here, I didn't ask to be born, like I didn't consent to being born. Yeah. It's like, but here we are. Oh, that's guys always ask me. It's like, do you got any regrets about, about getting a vasectomy? I'm like, man, my only regret is that I didn't do it 15 years earlier. 
And then they stopped, like, how old are your kids? I'm like, 11 and 13. <laughs> <laughs> Figure that out. Uh, anyway, so he leaves the funeral. Gentlemen, after- get a vasectomy. Yeah, take the venom right out of that. Just snake. do it. No. Um, the world will thank you. Yeah. The so world anyway. will thank you. Yeah. So he leaves the funeral after the weird casket into the floor thing. It goes out into the rain, right? And she comes and finds him, and he like tries to hide behind this fence. And she rolls down and was like, "You're, you're laying face plants in the mud. Yeah, like, trips going over yeah. it and just goes right down in the, you're, just you're the laying, muddiest flower bed. Ever. You're laying in a flower bed. He's yeah." Yeah, be there all night. And then he stands up and he's remarkably clean for it being a downpour and him being in mud. His one hand was real mud. Like one side of him was Yeah, but the, yeah, he but was yeah. laying flat yeah. on his stomach uh, yeah. and his clothes are not muddy at all. Um, continuity error. So anyway, she's like, please just oh, come yeah. with me and, uh, you know, let's go for a drive. So they drive out to this random spot out in like some woods. So my dad always used to take us here when we were kids, and then you know this is where we'd get away, and he'd let us run around. And oh, this is just a nice, peaceful spot for me. You know, can remember my dad. And uh, will you fuck me? <laughs> and it's just that. Yeah, it's, like, it's, that's it's, not, just, it's that forward. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's, he's not. <laughs> I'm not paraphrasing, paraphrasing. for comedic effect. Yeah, no. that's will it. you fuck me. It, it, she's like, I just need to feel something else other than this. So either I go home and kill myself, or you put cigarettes out on me. Well, I, I only have a few left, and I was kind of hoping to to smoke them. That's, I'm well, saving those. Yeah, sex it is then. God, what a what, <laughs> like what a what terrible position it'd be. It's a beautiful woman's like, listen, if uh, you don't have sex with me, I'm going to burn myself. I'm like, all right, I, I care about you. Right, I'm going to help yeah, you. Right. Yeah, I, well, I'd, cool. God, it would be terrible for you to burn yourself. So I guess this this is what we're going to have to do now. This will be slightly less painful than that. And all she said was like, <laughs> was like, I know, I knew I, 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 I wore a skirt for a skirt for a reason. Yeah, she doesn't even say I knew I was wearing. Uh, Wore a skirt for his but it's like, well, I can I make no guarantees that halfway through you won't regret not choosing the burning, <laughs> but I'll do my best. <laughs> so, Why anyway, you lighting a cigarette, we're not done yet. Like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was kind of cute though when she gets no, on top it of was, him, it was, and it's it's great because they started kind of the mending. At, you know, when she fixed his list for him about the jobs and stuff. Like, there is there is still something there. It always reminds me, though, of, uh, God, what is it? The, the movie with Vince Vaughn where they're wedding crashers. The, oh. And they talk about, oh, dude, funerals are the way to do it or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, Will Ferrell's character, yeah. he becomes a funeral crasher. Yeah. And he's like, God, Derek! Ah! And then he looks over and is like winking and thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so then they drive back up to her parents' house. And the mom's even standing at the door looking out. And uh, Laura's like, I, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to be here. Like, it's too. It, this being in that house right now would be too much without Dad being there. Um, I want to be with you. I want to go home with you. He's like, Oh, so your dad died, and suddenly you want to get back together? It's like, Dude, now is not the time for conversations of that <laughs> yeah. depth. Right now, no. Basically, and then she she, and she goes, she's like, yeah, I guess, really, if you want to put it that way. But all I know, all I know right now is I can't handle going into that house. I want to go home. I just want to go home for tonight. For now, I, yes, yeah. I want to go home, and I want to go home with you. Can you just shut the fuck up and leave it at that, please? Well, she even tells him, "Look, listen, we can talk about this later. We can talk about it later. You might have reservations, whatever. Later time. Right now." This is what I want to do. For the love of God, I just watched my dad get lowered into a church floor. Can we please have some decorum here? 
He keeps smelling patchouli on her, and he's just I don't know if I can. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, honey, is that cedar wood is way too hair. That's not one of yours. <laughs> that fucking hipster. <laughs> anyway, so New hippie, age. hippie, please <laughs> have some respect. <laughs> no, I will not. I refuse to recognize that as a lifestyle. No, uh, so they do get back to, and he's even like, so we got back together, and it was great. You know, it was everything I ever wanted. Everything was wonderful. And he was so happy until he's walking along the street and he sees these flyers up for, I stole my grandmother's wheelchair and something else. And at the bottom it says, and the return of DJ Robert Gordon. He's like, what the fuck? So he goes into the shop. He's like, Barry, what the fuck is this? Well, talk to Laura, man. Her and her lawyer friends are putting this together. I don't fucking know, man. I, I know my band's doing a set, bro, but she's put it together, and there's like, oh, fuck. So he's upset, and uh, and then he was, oh, it's a CD release party for those punk kids. Now I'm even super more upset. So he's like intentionally going around trying to talk people out of going, out of putting it on, out of performing, even tries to talk the kids out of even playing. Yeah. And I like that there's like, so we're going to have a release party, and you're telling us not to be there? That sounds kind of stupid, man. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, fuck. I didn't think that'd work, but I but he tried. So, um, there's also there he meets with this like music critic lady, and he knows her because she comes into the shop. She recognizes him as the DJ. He recognizes her because he liked her writing about some. Well, well, she tells him her name, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah. you wrote, I read blah, your blah, article. Yeah, I read your articles Good all over blah blah blah." And there's a kind of a bit of flirty, flirty. And then he is doing a phone interview with her, and she, of course, goes, what are your top five albums of all time? And he's like, why don't I make you a mixtape? So then we get some of his talk about how important it is to make a mixtape, because what song goes where, blah, blah, blah. And then... And most of the young people don't understand. I guess, mm. I mean, they got yeah. playlists. You can it's just... Playlist. Yeah, it's essentially it's a playlist. playlist yeah. But it's like, it's, I yeah. think it's a Playlist little, on it's a physical different. medium. Like how... There was, and you actually took work. You spent hours making a tape for somebody yeah, yeah. Like, and that's different yeah that's different for than sure making well, a he still talks about the tape i made her in college you know, like, yeah like you make people tape it's a special gift you made for people yeah because these songs have to move in a certain order and they have to do things yeah. and so then laura finds out he's making it for this female like music critic or she doesn't make a big stink though. not a huge stink but it's like she does bring it up later like well you're the one making a mixtape for that lady um but uh so now, because he this the point of this is as he's telling us about the importance of the mixtape, is him to say like you have to have it planned out before and you have to know what songs go where, because you don't want to make a mistake. Oh, mistake! Oh, making a mistake! Oh, yeah, you know, you don't ever get to redo the mixtape, but you can apparently redo it in relationships. So then he's sitting at this bar, and Laura meets him, and he's like, "Let's talk about marriage." She's like, oh, that's that's how you're gonna bring that up, huh? That great proposal, just just like that. Dingy bar, just go. What do you think about marriage? It's sweet. Just swept me right off my feet. That's that's fantastic. Um, but he so he does have a good a good kind of monologue about you know fantasy and and fantasy girls and like there it's always great and always seems so much better with them because you know. It's it's easy. You, you meet up and they they just have lingerie. And she goes, "I have lingerie." He goes, "Yes, you have great lingerie, but you also have like cotton panties that have been worn so long and been through the dryer so many times are kind of falling apart." And like the fantasy girls, you don't have to have the reality. And 
Yeah, you think that all the girls always wear sexy pants. Yeah, and or, yeah. you know, it's always that, and it's always effortless because you never have to deal with the depths and the real shit. And so I think I'm just tired of that, and I want to have something something real finally, you know. Uh, and it's obviously much more eloquent as he does that in the movie than, than what we're doing here. But it's he's tired of overthinking. He's tired of, of always trying to wonder if something else is better. Um, and she's like, yeah, okay, right. We can forget that you brought marriage up that way for now, right? But <laughs> I appreciate you talking about this, right? So now we get to the record release party, the skater punks. He's like, yeah, they're over there and they're underage and we'll totally lose our liquor license. And they raise up beers and like, yeah, yeah, we're here. And But for some reason, they're not playing yet. Don't leave until we play the whole record. And we're not playing the record that we're releasing or the band that we're releasing a record for. Instead, here's Sonic Death Monkeys. It's like, uh, kind of makes no fucking sense at all. Ah, fuck it. But so then this is Jack Black's band. He's like, we're no longer called... Sonic Death Monkeys were now called Barry Jive and the Uptown Five. No, he says a different name. I don't remember what it he was. He says like three different names. Yeah, uh, but he says, yeah, but like, like, but for but tonight, like next weekend, yeah, or something, we're going to be this, but for tonight, we're yeah. Barry yeah. Jive and the Uptown Five. And they play Let's Get It On, which is their song. Uh, uh, yes, he at one point he had said Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On is the reason he and Laura even started dating. That's how their whole relationship is thanks to that song. So mm-hmm. now they're playing it like everybody's dancing and blah, blah, blah. And me and my buddy Q watched this movie and Jack Black singing Let's Get It On is absolutely entirely 100% the reason that my band 13th Step started playing this song and it became a staple in all of our live shows. It's, dude, we I played was, this song. Um... A lot, and it's all thanks to Jack Black and High. I was surprised that. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, a great song in itself. Song. But like yeah. when Jack Black started singing, I was like, "All right, let's see." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all yeah. right, I'm into well, this." I think the, surprise, that, surprise! Like, Jack Black like, sang it a hell of a lot better exactly. than I ever did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like he, what he, this dude's—he's been working with this dude forever, but he's apparently never heard his. He's band never or heard something. him play. Yeah. So, like, well, he's never like, been in a band because he was even like when that guy came and talked to him, you know, and they had that existential music oh, talk yeah, where they yeah. never said it. He was like, you don't play any instruments. He's like, I can sing, bro, whatever. <laughs> so he never knew. He just, yeah. Yeah. And then he starts singing it and he's like, whoa. Holy fuck. Because nice, yeah. <laughs> Jack Black's one singing motherfucker. And he so, really yeah, he really is. Um, You know, everybody's, Everybody's dancing, having a great time with Let's Get It On. And I do like that the camera kind of pans over and the two skater punks are behind the DJ booth, like stealing CDs and stuff and shit back up on their shirts. Old habits never die. Um, <laughs> no, they don't. No. And so then we cut back to him sitting in his chair and he's working on a mixtape for Laura. And again, the importance of the mixtape because... I did have a note about this while they were singing. Is yeah. Now, this is a hip hop event. Oh <laughs> yes, sir. A proper hip hop. Proper hip hop event. Uh um, but yeah, as he's talking about his mixtape for Laura, he's like, You you want to start, you have to have a great introduction. You have to grab them right up front, but then you want to build, but you don't want to blow your load too early. So you then the next song has to back off and you gotta, you know, you gotta No, it's like out. track three has to back off. You yeah. you start strong, you top it, you don't want to blow your load, so you back off. And he's like, there's a lot of rules like that. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of rules. You don't want to blow your load too early. And uh but that's it. Like we end with him talking about not blowing your load and making a mixtape. And then we get the song I Believe by Stevie Wonder. I believe when I fall in love with you, it'll be forever. 
Um, pretty awesome song, but it is because it it's is fucking awesome Stevie, Wonder. Stevie Wonder. And the only time they talk about Stevie Wonder in this movie is talking shit on him because it was I just called to say I love you. Yeah. And then Jack Black's like, "Here's a great conversation for a record store." Uh, worst Stevie Wonder songs follow up question: Is it justified to hold this current sins against a formerly great artist? Oh yeah, he does say that. That's a good yeah. question, though. I've pondered that question a lot myself, specifically about Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people that there's have a been lot like of that. sins in that <laughs> boat, but um, but anyway, so it ends with Stevie Wonder, and uh, and then we get credits, and that's it. Good it's pause. Just, All right. Good pause. <laughs> dead air. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing better than dead air. We, yeah. just, we, just, we just had to take it in for a moment. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot to think about in this movie. It I is, dude. Be, there is. And I, honestly, I, so I, uh, all right. So I, come, I, I fucking love the shit out of this movie. This is the first time I've seen it. And goddamn, I really, I really enjoyed it. Like the, it, the whole thing is super cool. And like, there's like little phrases throughout that are kind of cool. Like, uh, uh, the Huxtable lady, she at one point when after they had post post coitus post coitus, she tells him, "We are allowed to be horny and fucked up at the same time." I was like, "Yeah, fuck, that's, that's right. like that's all of us," you know. Uh, I don't know. The movie's pretty cool, and like the whole breaking the fourth wall to me was not so much breaking the fourth wall, but mostly because I like as someone who talks to himself a lot. I talk to myself a lot in the third person like that. Not necessarily like saying, man, he does this, man, he does that. Like I kind of narrate my life sometimes when like by, when I'm by myself. So like I kind of related to it in that, in that sense. And I think that's super cool that the movie did that. And that's kind of how I received it more than sure, know, sure, breaking sure. the wall. Like we were basically a way for a character to talk to themselves as opposed to John Cusack, like sitting at his desk, just going, Oh my god, my top five breakups. You know, it was yeah. it was just a way to basically have his inner monologue. It's almost like represented. Fight Club, a bit. Except for in Fight Club, it was definitely like somebody's thinking it because he's not directly speaking sure, it to sure, the camera. Sure. Uh, but I really enjoyed it's that a cool way to represent him having self reflection. Yeah, self reflection, talking to himself, and kind of going through the whole thing. Fucking great soundtrack. Yeah, awesome absolutely. soundtrack. This movie is going to be 100% all-time fucking rewatch for me. I'm actually, go. I am going to... Man, I'm glad that we got to introduce you to something you love. We've had it a few times. Hedwig, this, Hard yeah, Boiled. Dude, this, Man, this dude. Been, this movie was, it, this movie watch, was fucking watch sick. Hard on normal time? Or is it yeah. Cool? <laughs> <laughs> He'll watch Hard Boiled. T- He'll watch Hard Boiled on, half. on like, regular, <laughs> like regular, regular speed. He's like, two this movie t- sucks. Man, two I just speed. realized all two three times. titles I've named. The H's, the H's have been really great to you. Yeah, they they have been. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually, I'm I'm planning on hopping on my bike after this and uh, going over to Half Price Books, get myself a, a copy. Get, yeah, no, I already checked that. Uh, North Lamar has a has a copy. So there you go. All go right, grab that shit and go read. Uh, this also, if, just in case, if you don't want to go down there, if you have HBO Plus, this is on there. HBO Plus saved me this for this uh, last two movies because it was on. I think it was on both of them. Uh, Hedwig was, but there's been a bunch of them that we've had lately that have been on HBO Plus. But. Oh, that's because I'm a program director for H. Oh, so that's cool. Which is like <laughs> cool. under, like it's a little yeah. under the radar. Yeah, all the Hellboy movies are on the HBO. That was the last episode, but and then this one's on there too. But uh, but yeah, no, I, it's a good movie. It's it's this is after I was out of college, 
but it it's like a lot of it. It's a lot of nostalgia now, I guess. Because it's very you know, angsty. It's twenty too, years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, almost 20, twenty years 22. ago. Now. So, but yeah, it's yeah. It, it also like I don't know. I think maybe the first time you watch it, you're like. I think the older he get, the more you realize how much of an asshole he really is. Oh yeah. Is. Like, oh no, yeah. He's he's he's. If you watch it in like your twenties or dick. you know, yeah. he's what thirty one. You said when he made it, but yeah, if you're watching yeah. this in your twenties, you're like, oh yeah, man, I get it. The the relationship, ain't. but then you're like, no, there's not really relationship issues so much as you're a piece. Of yeah, shit. you're just an ass. Yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, completely no, it's, a it's 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 a rewatch. If it's on there, I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's hilarious. There are great a lot of great lines. Uh, I mean, Jack Black at peak jack blackness one of jack black's great. best fucking performances yeah. right here i i am kind of 50 50 on them but like this was good year old jack black um like school of rock was written the entire movie was created to be a vehicle for jack black and that's too much like that's you don't want he's he's a seasoning he's not an ingredient and so i agree when you have him up front as the whole thing, that's that's way too. Unless it's Tenacious though, D, when you're just in that world, and that's I fine. Did I did like love Tenacious I did D. like School of Rock though. I did not like School of Rock. There were a couple of lines, but overall, I was like, no, nah, this is too much. Now, when he comes in every once in a while and peppers something in, and he's like, whatever, and you're like, oh, that's funny. Super contained. The one time that I will disagree with this is Kung Fu Panda, but he's not actually in. But then also, Kung Fu Panda isn't necessarily. I mean, yes, not, it's Jack Black, but it's not like Jack Black. Well, and it's probably because it, he he is so cartoonish that he lends himself better to a being <laughs> yeah, an actual being cartoon. Actual cartoon. There you go. Than, yeah, that's, that's a, a fair point. And I don't know that at any point he does this random, random like <laughs> Jack Blacky stuff in that. <laughs> he doesn't Jack Black all over. It. Yeah, but uh, he works great in this, and I like John Cusack for the most part. I mean, most of the things I've seen him in, I've really enjoyed. Uh, I I don't know. I think that this this is a fucking hilarious movie. Um, and it's great. Like I, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna think back on stuff. Or, man, why did this happen? What did what you know? You know what it, I just at realized? some point you're gonna look back on your own past experiences and be like, wait, was I an asshole there? <laughs> not you're not gonna be like, why did I get dumped all the time? Like yeah. he's necessarily, but you're probably like, fuck, maybe I was the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like there's gonna be a whole I lot of self reflection. There's a lot of when you watch this. That. It's it's yeah. it's an excellent movie. Absolutely rewatchable. Like you highly, said, highly yeah. rewatchable. There's, you watch it now and you think about yeah. You probably think I always think about why do I have such a weird sexual thing for Joan Cusack? Like it's not that she's an unattractive woman, but every time I was in like. I wanna, I wanna, same. I want to get with same, her. Same, Put same. on some Kiss by a Rose. And <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Same, same, same. I'm right there with you on that one. All right. Absolutely. Also, I was going to mention, I just realized right now, we have a Jack Black and we have a Jack White in this universe. Yeah. This timeline is not so bad. <laughs> they're both They're both white. Well, yeah, they're both they're both physically <laughs> white. <laughs> I'm not I'm not black like Barry White, but, but I'm, I'm white, white like Frank King. Black is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that, uh, Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. Um, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter at Their Watch Party. Find us on Facebook at The Rewatch Party. You can email us at The Rewatch Party at gmail dot com. Do you think that Jack Black deserves to be a main ingredient, or just a seasoning, or just a seasoning? Uh, what what's your Top five, um, top five lists. How about that? Ooh, there we go. Top five, top five. Top, top five, five, top five. five, 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 five. <laughs> Let us know. Email us about that. 
Or, you know, email us about your Joan Cusack fantasies. Or what would you do to a new age hippie Tim Robbins if he came into your store and told you to leave his girlfriend alone? <laughs> would you pull the AC unit would you out of the fucking his dick up with an AC <laughs> unit or what? Let us know. We love to hear from you. Also, don't forget about the Tournament of Champions, our sister show. You can uh, always vote and weigh in on who even makes it into the tournament in the first place. You get to choose your own fighter. By voting at our Twitter or Facebook pages. And then you go back in and you vote on the tournaments themselves, much like an RPG. Um, and uh, beyond that, I don't know. Thanks for rewatching. No, not yet. Well, yeah. No? Yeah, did anything else say about the tournament? I'm just kind of done with it after Frank Dukes got kicked out. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> We're- my my uh yeah. There's gonna be a lot more of JCVD. Uh, yeah, but Frank Dukes you is the what? one. You know what? There isn't gonna be enough of my BJ girl. Yeah. If just just participate and, <laughs> and, and quit you know, listening but, to these idiots. And and you know what? We don't need that much JCVD. I understand you guys wanting to get him out. Of Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, if all of these character JCVD characters, of which there will be at least I don't know thirty in the tournament overall. If they were in the Jack or the Jet Lee the one movie, Frank Dukes would be the titular one. And now he's gone. So what's the point of living? Oh, when Hellboy gets in there, he's gonna he's gonna wreck some brats. <laughs> he's, he's gonna, gonna, he's gonna <laughs> that fist of doom or whatever, yeah. Uh all right. Anyway. The tournament. I feel like Joan Cusack could go a ways in it too. <laughs> I, I think really so too. Think Joan Cusack, could, yeah, I think she could make it. You fucking asshole! She's got a lot of power, dude. Yeah, tournament champions. You get your seat. Your votes pick who even goes in, listeners. So make sure you vote on who goes. You got to pick the characters first. It's very important. Your votes do count. Join us next week as we cut off heads because there can be only one in Highlander. Until then, I'm Nick with Anthony and Manny, and thanks for rewatching. Holy fuck, dude. From another time comes a man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. A warrior of incredible strength. You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen 20 years. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. A man uncertain of his future. What you got here, Brenda, is a guy who's been creeping around since at least 1700. It's not possible. And haunted by his past. Wait a minute, Nash. I want some answers. You cannot die, McLeod. I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. I am immortal. <laughs> A hero who is about to face his greatest challenge. You will always be weaker than I. 
What can you tell me about a seven-foot lunatic hacking away with a broadsword at one o'clock in the morning, New York City, 1985? Not much, for he is not alone. In the end... There can be only one. Highlander, there can be only one. And here we are!